Uh, hey guys, this is D. Williams again with This Comics Life, and on this exciting episode 33, I'm going to be talking with another great stand-up comedian, Vic Diaz. Yes, we talk about comedy, we talk about impressions, we talk about Trump, we talk about all sorts of different things, and he is one hilarious motherfucker. Yep. Oh man, this guy is hilarious. And, um, man, definitely check him out and check his podcast out. It's called Two Drink Minimum. You can get it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Go check out Two Drink Minimum. Definitely check it out. It's with Vic Diaz, Nick Phillips, and Anthony Mojica. All right, guys. So, this is a big interview. It's all about... A bunch of different things, and it's all with my good friend Vic Diaz. So let's, without further ado, get into this episode real quick, and let's check it out! Spent what? You didn't go and get Christmas gifts? <laughs> and see, I'm different. I'm what you call a functioning nerd. Yeah. Because I pay my bills. Yeah. And whatever money I have left, I buy stupid shit. Yeah. Well, yesterday I came home with two pops, right? She goes, and she's like, where were you? I'm like, I went Christmas shopping for yourself. I'm like, I got you something too. Because ever since I was a kid, man, it's just, I don't know, I'm, I, I'm a little selfish. When I was a kid, and my mom would take me shopping like for like another kid's birthday, I, I couldn't leave the store without having something for myself. So she'd buy me like, maybe like a like a Hot Wheels back when Hot Wheels was like a dollar. Yeah. And so I'm like that to this day. I went Christmas shopping for my fiance yesterday. Went to Ulta. I got her something real nice. Felt creeped the fuck out because I'm the only guy inside of a fucking makeup store. <laughs> and then I went to go get two pops for myself. And I'm like, damn it, I'm doing it again. So even without realizing I'm doing it, you know? I feel like I like, I don't really buy a lot of stuff. I just, I don't collect a lot of things. I don't like, I don't have like a, of something that just, oh, it came out. I gotta have it. I mean, I yeah. guess I used to do that with DVDs. I was like that too with DVDs. I have a whole library. Yeah, and but obviously, like the streaming services got into the mix, and everything got so yeah. like you know on demand. I got rid of a lot of DVDs. Like Did you really, mm-hmm. I keep some just because one, you never know when your internet's gonna it's gonna short out. Right. So you have that on the backup, and then two, there's a lot of stuff that Netflix and Amazon and Hulu yeah, don't they have. don't have. Yeah. So that's where that comes in. Like I like I have like. A lot. I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. Of course. You can't find a lot of Kevin Smith movies. You can only find Clerks and Jane Silent Bob. That's it. Mm-hmm. But I have Clerks, Clerks 2, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, Mall Rats, Red State. Um, yeah. Yeah. So all these other, oh, Tusk, 
That's Kevin Smith gets brought up a lot on this podcast. It's so funny how many uh, comics just love Kevin. Smith. I love I love Kevin, man. He's, yeah. he's the best. Like, have you seen a? Have you gone to a Hollywood Babylon show? I have not seen the show live, the but I've heard it a bunch of times. Okay, yeah. if you go see it live at the Hollywood Improv, it is hilarious. Oh, I can imagine because they do a lot of visuals and they have oh, a yeah. lot of you know like like um you know when Ralph is doing his uh, David Bowie impression. Yes, Ralph is like caressing himself and he starts like fake jerking off and then he the imagine he rubs the imaginary jizz on ralph and that's why you hear ralph go ah ah fuck you did you recently see uh yoga hosers oh i hated it yeah it was not good i'm like dude i'm like but ralph was so it was just like best hollywood babylon that's exactly what it was it was babylon just riff on hollywood babylon (laughs) he just kept doing his babylon impressions and stuff like when he did it i love his patino I tell you, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. My, you've heard my Donald Trump, right? Yes. I yes. base it off of his. And you know what I also love is your Cambodian person. Oh man, <laughs> true story. I don't know if I mentioned this on, the, on my podcast, but there's a donut shop in HP yeah. owned by a Cambodian lady. Yeah. And one time we went in in the morning, right, to get some breakfast, and there was a nature show on about tarantulas, <laughs> and we're like, oh, fucking tarantulas, it's gross. And the lady goes. Oh, what you talk about? Tarantula better delicious. We eat tarantula back home in Cambodia, you know? And we're like, uh, okay. I'll have a bear claw hold the tarantula, please. You know, I'm like, shit. Yeah. Like, why'd you have to little, like, give us that tidbit of that, that they're really good to eat? Yeah, thank you for, I'm like, thank you. If I want to watch people eating bugs, I'll watch The Lion King. I don't need to, I don't need to know what the fuck you eat. <laughs> and we already were pretty clear on, like, we probably already thought that you ate them. You didn't need to tell us that you ate them. Like, we already got I'm that like, you're I Cambodian. Yeah, I'm like, shit must be scarce in Cambodia. Fuck, <laughs> man. Yeah. So, poor was like, we have Thanksgiving dinner with the tarantula. <laughs> the stuffing. Yeah, we stuff it with cockroach. Really good. Very good. Very delicious. Hello. <laughs> that is one thing where, like, it's so funny how so many, like, cultures will just eat whatever the fuck they can find. You know, oh, it's on the ground and it's moving. That's food. Yeah. But us, it's like half the stuff we won't even go around because it's just too scary. We won't even touch it because it has gluten. Right. <laughs> that's even scarier than eight legs, gluten. Uh, <laughs> but if you, but that's the thing. So, And then half of the animals are just straight up pets. You know, you can't even eat it because, you know, you're worried about feeding it more. I yeah. Mean, that's more important. Like, well, I, I can't eat it. I got to feed it. I've seen so many, like, people... That will straight up cook for their f- animals. Like, it's no longer like we're going to open up a can of food and then put it in its dish. No, it's like, I'm going to prepare some meal for this animal that takes 30 minutes. And then I'm going to make some animal or make some food for myself. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, man. It's, it's you know, we, have, we have to cook for our pets now. And we have to consider about our pets. I bought dog food at Whole Foods recently. Mm-hmm. And I felt a part of me die. I'm like... <laughs> It's, this this dog is eating better than I am. What the fuck? Yeah. And they have like yeah, refrigerated dog food and all these like yeah, different like uh, combine this, combine that, and then you can have a meal for your dog. And don't forget to light the candle. Jesus <laughs> man, it's like uh, have you seen? I don't know if you've ever seen, but when Will Ferrell was on SNL, he did this sketch about um, it was like one of those fake commercials 
where it was like somebody yes. like teaching, offering to discipline your dog. Yeah. But he disciplined your dog through sarcasm. Have you <laughs> seen that one? <laughs> yes. Where he's like, Morton's was sold out, but you know what? Let's try the Alpo because, uh, by the way, you're a fucking dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that. Yes, yes. Where he shames them into eating. That's what I want to do with mm-hmm. my dog. My dog is way too spoiled for that. I hate it. Hello and welcome to This Comics Life. This is me, your host, D. Williams, a.k.a. Daryl Williams, a.k.a. Dumbass, a.k.a. somebody that's hanging out with a really cool person. And, uh, yeah, I'm just hanging out. I should, uh, well, that was the shittiest intro ever. <laughs> I've had worse. Don't worry. I will introduce you to my uh, newest favorite friend uh, and fellow stand-up comedian, Vic Diaz. Hey everybody, how's it going? Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Do you ever go by Victor or, or any other? Oh type man, of... Victor's my legal name. I, I go hmm. by Victor at work, and I go by Victor at Starbucks. Right. Because <laughs> if I tell them, "Oh, my name's Vic," then they decide to throw a fucking K in it, and I'm like, "Really? Mm. It's three letters." So just, <laughs> I, I don't want to confuse the poor twelve dollar an hour people. So I just say, "Oh, you know, my name's Victor." You know, I've started going uh, as uh, Ray. My middle name at uh, Starbucks or places like that where, you know, because whenever I don't know what it is, but every time when I say Daryl, they never know how to spell it. It's almost like they're hearing Daryl for the first time. And it's it's like because they got (laughs) there's so many spellings of the name Daryl. I mean, I guess I, I mean, I don't care how it's spelled. They just don't. It's almost like they give me like Daryl like. Yeah, it's Daryl. Is this the first time you've ever heard that name? (laughs) I don't know, maybe they don't see it for a Daryl movie, they see like for a Scott or something. Right. Well, I can understand that. And when I say Ray, it's always like, got it, Ray. <laughs> but that's my full name is Daryl Ray Williams. Okay. And, and, and I, another reason why I don't go by Victor is because uh, my dad's name is also Victor Diaz. Ah, so you're a junior. I'm a junior. Technically. I'm a junior, but senior has never been around. Ah. So to distinguish myself. So you're the first one. I am. I just to distinguish myself. And it's funny because I actually got a call. You know those IRS scammers? The ones from India? Yes. They're like, we want you to pay us $3,000 in Target gift card. (laughs) I got those calls, but it was for my dad. And I'm like, shit, if you can tell me where he's at, I'll get that money for you. (laughs) Shit. Well, let's just split it down the middle, all right? You get 15, I get 15. We'll call it even, all right? (laughs) You almost made me spit out my water. Shit. (laughs) Help me find him. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, if you guys know where he's at, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I you sh- know where he is? Yeah. Shit, dude. I, 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 only because I was like, no, you got the wrong number. I didn't think of that right then and there. Yeah. But so help me, if they ever call again, I will ask him, like, hey, can I have his address? Yeah. I always said that, too. Like, nobody's going to, like, steal my identity because, like, my my identity's already fucked, like, on my own, like, accord. Like, <laughs> I has basically stolen my own identity and messed up, like, some person's life, but it's actually my own life. Yeah, no, it's, of course. <laughs> or it's almost like, you know, if somebody stole my identity, it would actually probably help me. You know, they'd, they'd maybe pay a bill. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> After they come back after like a week, like here, have the shit back. <laughs> like, how did they get three grand? I've never gotten three grand <laughs> limit ever. <laughs> like, well, can I have the money? No, I'm gonna keep that. <laughs> yeah, can I just have whatever they stole? No, <laughs> oh, that only worked that way, right? Yeah, like, oh, they bought a TV. Well, can I just have that TV? <laughs> <laughs> shit. Uh, yeah, but. I always love names. I always, I always, I'm fascinated why, like, people, especially in comedy with, like, stage names, it's like, how did you come, like, you want to be called this? Like, now, like, when Cedric 
Cedric the Entertainer, like, when did he drop or when did he get it on the entertainer part? Like, it, when was it just like, nah, Cedric's not working. I gotta have entertainer after it. No one's ever done it before. That, I guess, You know, maybe, same yeah. like the Bernie Mac. Nobody ever, I mean, I'm sure his last name was like Mick something. Hmm. But he decided to go by Bernie Mac. But now it's getting ridiculous, man. I see some comics down south. Like, I saw a comic on a flyer down south. Um, his name was like Hamburger or something. And I'm like... That's what you're going to go by? Hamburger? Coming up to the stage, Hamburger. Yeah. Like, and okay. Who was talking? Uh, oh, Jose Juan Pazos. He was telling me about uh, some guy that he was doing a, a show with where it was something the party starter. Like, Oh, it's Darren Carter, man. Darren he's, Carter, he's, the party starter. He, he's, he's a great guy. And the reason he does that is because his act is very lively. Right. So it's, when it's, did you show up with party starter? That's the thing. Did he yeah. come on the stage always with it or... Yeah, it, did it you know him as Dar- Darren Carter? Just Darren Carter? Or? Oh man, I don't know. But I mean, I've seen his like his old like '90s pictures that he's been posting, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, like there's a reason he gave himself a nickname because the whole Zach Morris look wasn't working right. for him. But yeah, he goes by the party starter because he his his act is very lively. It's almost like a party. He does he does That's sound cool. effects. So he, he, he lives up to the name. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He does sound effects. He beatboxes. Awesome. You know, I've had the privilege of opening for him a few times. Sounds cool. I want to see him. Like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's really cool. He's a great guy. Um, yeah, I'm not. That's the thing. I'm not trying to shit on it. I'm just so you're just fasc- wondering. Yeah, yeah. I'm so fascinated. Like, because would that help? Like, at some point in my career, like, should I change it or go buy something else or well, do something? Like, it's to, all about finding your niche. You know, yeah. Am I gonna find an act? Am it, is it gonna be? Am I gonna be a Larry the Cable guy at some oh God, point? No, or? please don't be a Larry the Cable guy. <laughs> that guy's what his real name is? Like Glenn or something? Or I like, think it's probably like Glenn Trump or something like that. <laughs> like. I remember he was uh, on Joe Rogan talking about how his, you know, how he came up with the character and everything. How he used to do comedy and then it just wasn't working, and, and he had this little bit in his act, and then that suddenly just became the whole act. That became the whole act. Yeah, I mean, and it worked for a minute, but now people are getting tired of it, and um, it's too gimmicky now. Like out of the blue collar guys, like I'm such a I'm such a dark motherfucker. That out of the blue collar guys, I like Ron White the most. Well, of course, so Ron White's always like the most like also probably uh, accepted in the comedy world, especially in the LA scene. Like he's the only yeah. regular. I mean, he's the only one that's showing up at the store still. That's like actually, you know, could you s- see? Bill Ingvall or Jeff Fox, where they showed up oh, at the definitely store? Not. <laughs> definitely not. You know, by doing him. his shtick of his redneck, bits. yeah, his redneck clean bits and Bill Ingvall talking about his wife. And but then you got yeah, Ron White's like, oh, I love bit of, Here's your sign or something. Yeah, like that. here's your sign. Here's your sign. Right. But then you got Ron White talking about, I like drinking and smoking <laughs> and fucking your Tater sister. salad. Tater salad. Yeah. And that that shit cracks me up because he's such a dick. Right. And that's and, that's my style. Like that's and my he kind fits of comedy. At the store, there he like, does. Yeah. He, he's so jaded, but that's what makes him so good. Um, like, have you have you seen the Fluffy movie by any chance? No. So, so I mean, the Fluffy movie is Gabriel Iglesias' movie. Yes. Oh wait, wait. Yes, I have yeah. seen his special. Yes. So you know that how they do that little scene in the beginning how yes. Fluffy is born. Ron White is a doctor. Yes. And he's got a cigar, and he's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's a big ass baby. <laughs> that I love that. That has got to be the best. I'm so on the fence with Gabriel. Like, I, I love him, but I th- there's some things that I'm like, all right, I, maybe it's just, I don't know. Like, I just feel like sometimes, like, I wish I could do a joke like that. Like, he could pull it off, but if I were to do something like that, it's almost like I want to find that for myself where, like, oh, yeah, that <laughs> 
he could get away with that, but yeah. I could never say a joke like that. <laughs> it's just a matter of finding your niche. It just means it's not meant for you, you know, to, yeah. to, to, to yeah. work on. And it's it's just stupid critiques. Like, I yeah, don't know. Sure. I whenever I see like and this is just me, like when I when I see certain guys do hacky racist stuff or mm-hmm. just race not racist stuff, just things that I find like oh like that was like the bottom of the barrel like you're just doing this because you you know it's gonna get a laugh yeah and 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 that's more anywhere or that's none more true than in the latino comedy scene right you know it's because i don't try to say it's a criticism i just am envious of it because i don't feel like i can do like a hacky white guy joke or low road though you don't you don't want to go down that route right because it's easy to be like like being white i'm sure it's easy to be like remember when you live in a trailer park and you're eating your food stamps right now so you had to get past blue ribbon like that's you know same thing with the latino scene like it all started with george lopez where he would talk about you know oh we hit our kids and i know how so that way you learn cabron and then we don't we're, we're like people are tired of that shit and as a comic like as a latino comic i don't want to be that's the thing it kind of feels like and i'm not trying to say i don't like it but it does alienate me it doesn't feel like less relatable you know i don't i didn't live in that culture i'm not saying i can't find it funny but i can't relate to it exactly and it's worse when a comic is saying that's all of us you know you don't speak for me you don't hmm. speak for my family. You don't speak for people who I know who are my situation. Right, right, right. It's almost like he's getting a certain niche within a culture. Like, yeah. It's almost like I'm not trying to talk about the whole culture. It's like, no, it's just the specific type of Mexican or whatever. Exactly. And if you're not going to specify, then that's when you have a problem. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't get into any race. I feel like it's like too early in my career to just like talk about anything. I always just talk about like things that – just personal stories, I find that that's the most thing that gets the biggest laughs, at least in this part of my career, where it's like, it's just funny stories, funny things that happen to me, funny observations that I've seen through my own prism. It's not like, I try to stay away from like politics and religion, not saying I don't have opinions on them, and that I haven't tried to find them funny or whatever. I just don't feel like it the mics that i've been at it's not gonna go over well <laughs> yeah and you know it's and again it's it's that vibe that you get from going to an open mic versus working a book show yeah it's so funny because every time when people come over to my house and they see my cat they automatically go whoa that's a fat cat it is a pretty fat cat <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's the, like garfield man yeah but you could never do that with anything else. Like, you see a kid, you're like, whoa, that's, that's a, a fat kid. kid. Actually, not true, man. I did that recently. I went to um uh, my sister-in-law's house, and she brought she had a friend over yeah. who had a baby who, I swear to God, man, he looks like a little Michelin man. <laughs> I have no shame in saying this. It, it's, the, it's the cutest thing you'll ever see. He looks like a little chubby Michelin man. Yeah, this little yeah. white kid. And I straight up said, he's a big fella, isn't he? <laughs> And they're like, yeah, he's pretty fat. <laughs> so it's, it's like, if if you're charismatic about it, as long as you're not like Deuce Bigelow going, that's a huge bitch, then you're fine, you know? <laughs> oh, man. I, I honestly, I secretly want a baby like that. I told my fans, yeah. I'm like, I know I'm hoping for childhood obesity, but 
how cool would it be to have a little baby like that waddling around the house? Yeah, like, yeah. You're, you're, you're doing weights just picking them up. Like, that's the coolest thing ever. I don't know what it is, but in my family, uh, all the girls, have like, when they're a baby, they're the fat, roly-poly babies. Where the, yeah, like the Michelin men, where they're just, like, rolls and just... Yeah. And, and But all the boys are always, like, the skinny, like, lean kids that, like, you know, barely get any muscle until, like, you know, age 12 or 13. That's some serious <laughs> genetics right there. Yeah, I, had, I don't like, know what it is. Like, I had some friends, man, who they can eat anything. Like, the girls don't turn out thin. fat. They just are fat babies. Yeah, <laughs> I get you. Um, yeah, I got these two friends, man. They could eat anything, mm-hmm. and they stay thin. I'm like, how the hell do you do it? Yeah. I'm like, do you guys work out? Not really. Right. I'm like, fuck you and your metabolism. I love everybody. That's the thing. Like, And I kind of tried to do it into a bit one time, but I, it didn't really go well. I think it's because there's a lot of skinny people in the audience. <laughs> but it it was like kind of like okay, you know what they should do before every like infomercial to lose weight is say, okay, before you do anything guys, get the exact metabolism and body makeup that I have and then do exactly what I did. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. It's like get, get that get that DNA into yeah. your system and Dude. that's and that's how you achieve mm-hmm. my results. Be funny born from that. the parents that I was born from and then do exactly what I did. <laughs> oh man. Funny you mention it because um I I did a show in San Pedro recently and you know, the guy who's running the show is doing a good job promoting all the other comics. Like, you've seen him on TV, you've seen him on BT, Comedy Central. Hmm. And I go, hey, man, you forgot to mention my TV credits. I was the before guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I was the before guy. And then they bought the fit guy and they told me, get the fuck out. We, you're done. Um, but I do a lot of a lot of humor like that. I do a lot of jokes about right. about my weight. Like, um, my one of my, I had a doctor about a couple years back. I, when I went in for my very first appointment, he's like, he may as well have been like, damn, you're fat. Mm. Like, he was like, I, went <laughs> out, I said, doctor, I'm having some back spasms. And he's like, oh, what's your weight? You need to start losing weight. Okay, well, <laughs> how about give me some fucking medicine, dude? Right. And then we'll talk about my weight later. <clears throat> I went back a couple months and I said, hey, doctor, I have anxiety. Can you help me with my anxiety? Oh, it's because you're lo- it's your fat. It's your weight. What the fuck does my weight have to do with anxiety, man? Come on. And so I made a, I made, I made a joke out of it. And I, I tell people... Yeah, man, every time I saw the doctor, the doctor would recommend me to lose weight. And the last time I saw a doctor, the doctor said, Vic, we, we're serious now. I need to start thinking about your weight. We need to put you on these intensive courses, the six-week counseling session. If that doesn't work, we're going to have to talk gastric bypass. And that's great. No, and I might listen to you, except you're my vet. <laughs> you know, and even though the vet thing didn't happen, I've had a condescending doctor like that. It right. hasn't, been, hasn't gone over well. No, I've had those doctors straight up, too. <clears throat> and they'll say, you know... In a, in no small, like, you know, they don't candy coat it. No. They don't, like, try to go, like, hey, have you thought about exercising more or things like that? No, they'll just straight up say, like, yeah, you need to lose this much weight. And um, if you don't, you're going to be dead in the two months. <laughs> Shit. Or, you you know, I, I've had a, I've had open heart surgery when I was, uh, you know, three years old. And I haven't had any issues or anything like that. And I haven't, mm-hmm. worried, you know, had to take medication or anything like that. That's good. But – I've always had a little high blood pressure. I think it's because, yeah, I probably drink a little too much and maybe I, you know, smoke a little. (laughs) But it's nothing like I haven't been like, oh, my God, like this needs to change because it's 10 points over what it should be. And it just needs to be, you know, I haven't made it my life yet. Maybe I should. But I'm just saying, like, it, it does seem like that is the one thing that you know, people don't 
worry about you know shaming is the is the fatties. <laughs> yeah, you if know, you're like, overweight. You know, people will tell you like, "Hey, man, yeah, you're overweight." Yeah, it's funny though. Like, as much as I don't like being, you know, the whole fat shaming thing, what I don't, what I, what I like even worse is the whole like anti fat shaming movement. If that makes any mm. sense, you, you know? can't tell. Like, you can't tell someone they're fat. No, fuck. Don't me. even use the word fat. You can tell me I'm fat because that just entitles me to make fun of you. Right. That, that's how I see it. But you can't prohibit somebody from saying a word. Come on now. That, that's limiting their freedom of, freedom of speech. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know? It's it's like uh, like the whole like the R word. You can't even say retard anymore. <laughs> like, really? Come on. I'm not going to go up to a mentally disabled and go, hey, you fucking retard. Yeah. Nowadays, yeah. you use the word retard to define somebody who's who has poor judgment, who's mentally incompetent, but yeah. not mentally challenged or disabled, just generally incompetent. So, you know, so to me, it's like, oh, the R word, oh, you call it the R word. Just fucking say it. Mm-hmm. Say it, man. Just, you know, again, don't go to, like, Make-A-Wish and, and start calling kids retards, because that's just messed up. But, but do you think there is, like, a hierarchy of offensive words? Like, we're comfortable saying retard right now, but if we say the N word, now it's like, Oh, you're you're that guy. Like I've just now labeled myself like, oh, you're comfortable saying that. Well, I mean, I <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about like the N word in the offensive sense, I don't think it should no, ever I be just, used. I think that's the thing. Like, there's certain words that people don't want to hear, but if they hear, they're like, okay, whatever. But if there's other other words, they're like, you know, straight up. It it doesn't even have to be towards a person or offensive. Just the fact that I said the N-word suddenly makes people go like, Ugh! Yeah, I mean, it, it, it triggers. It triggers people. Um, <clears throat> I would, I mean, I don't know what the what the threshold would be on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it just. I had a, a, a bit that kind of goes over pretty decently uh, about how I used to have a guy at work that was a special needs guy, and he would call everybody retard. Like, he would call everybody retard, and people would get offended by it, and we would try to tell him, like, hey, man, you can't say retard, and he'd be like, why? And you're Like, like I'm saying it. Why yeah. won't you say it? Oh, I get you. <laughs> like, I knew this um, I knew this gay guy who had no problem saying faggot. Right. And because he, was, he wasn't, he was like, one of those, like, flamboyant gay guys, he wasn't like, oh, my God, yes, so, so fabulous, everywhere, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I didn't know he was gay until he was like, yeah, I like I like fucking dudes. Whatever, man. Fuck you. <laughs> right. And I'm right. like, not literally. Right. He goes, no, nah, man, you're too fat. I'm like, well, go fuck yourself, man. <laughs> um, but no, and then he's like, he's like look, man, let me, I'm going to set the record straight. There are gay guys like me mm. who are who you couldn't even tell they're gay until I tell you that I'm gay. And then you have the fucking fags. And the fags are the ones that are the problems. And I'm like, whoa. I'm like, you just. I know it's straight out of a Chris Rock joke because we all know that Chris Rock joke. Yes. Yes. But I mean, if, if it applies, I suppose. But um, but yeah, it's funny. He, he would be like, man, he's fucking like we. Um, well, that's we, what it should be about fat. Like only fat people should be able to use the word fat. Uh, well, <laughs> not, not so much. I would say, see, with fat people, it's like you have fat people like me and you who who mm. are active, who get around, mm. and then you got the scooter motherfuckers. Yes, and I can't stand those. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I used to have a Disneyland annual pass, and I would go like well, at least once a month, and yeah. you'd see those fuckers everywhere. I'm like, you if you came to Disneyland to fucking hover around. 
what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Stay home, eat your pint of ice cream, and watch Honey Boo Boo like with the rest of the fat fucks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let us functional fat fucks enjoy the park. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and there, well, there's going to be a point where they're like so fat they won't be able to get down on any of the rides either. Yeah, I'm like, so why the hell did you come to Disneyland? Yeah, just to hang out and be the fat fuck on the scooter. Yeah, like, I came for the show, and I came <laughs> for the turkey leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> can I get butter on that turkey leg? That's a good Fat impression. I like that. I've been around too many fat people, and I know that for a fact, man. Everything, everything is just. <laughs> How much can you experiment at a book show? Uh, depends on the depends on. The or is it just straight up just bit after bit? It depends on the environment. If you're doing a book show at a club, you better bring your best shit. Of course. If you're doing a book show at a bar, you can you can work on material. Um, you can do crowd work and you whatnot. can do crowd work. I mean, if there if there is a crowd at a bar, right, um, which is very rare, but um, yeah, I mean, I've done like I've done book shows and I've tried to get not political, but when I pull out a Trump impression, people somehow think that's either an endorsement or it's a statement against them when it's hmm. just a fucking impression, like. You know, I've I've gone on stage and I do the whole listen to me, okay? I'm gonna make America great again. I'm coming to do it bigly, okay? And I'm gonna grab him by the pussy because you can do that. You can do that kind of stuff, okay? And <laughs> I either right. get the laugh, right, or I get the oh, mm. you can't say that. He's our president now. No, I can say that. That's the beautiful thing about America. Until until President Trump takes it away, I have freedom of speech. Do you <laughs> read the crowd before you like pull it out? Or I try, but you know, here's the thing: I don't really. I don't say I don't care about the crowd, mm. but like you know, no matter how much like crowd, see what, how diverse or whatever it is. Yeah, and then... but it's like even if if you see how diverse, quote unquote, the crowd is, you can't tell what their political affiliation is. Of course, you know, no. A, so you just gotta go up there and try it. And why not? If if you get the surprise, if you get the shock, like Ugh, or if you get a laugh, you're getting some kind of a reaction because it's. I don't think they're ever gonna boo you. Like, they're not going to boo you for something like that. And if they do boo you, then you could turn that into something funny. You mm-hmm. know, I would like, I'm still waiting for the day to get booed for me to say, look, you're not up here. I'm not up here for serious political commentary. If you're here for serious political, if you're going to a comedy show for serious political commentary, that's like going to Fox News for serious political commentary. You know, <laughs> it's it's because people realize that. Like you're not, and and if that doesn't, and if for some reason you feel like you're going to get that kind of reaction, always have a backup. Right. I did a show. Where there was a person in the crowd who was clearly a Trump voter because the guy who went up before me did a Donald Trump joke and said something like, you know, you have to be brain dead to vote for Trump. And she booed him. One person booed him. So I'm like, shit, what am I going to do with my Trump impression? So I'm talking over with my fiance and she's like, do Hillary. And I'm like, I've never done Hillary my whole life. Mm. I'm gonna go up and do Hillary, but I'm like, but that's, but I was booked, and it's right. one of those situations you can try something like that. Right. So I went up there and I do, I do Donald Trump. Okay, I do this for about one minute. People are booing me, and I'm saying whatever. And then I switch it to, well, first of all, I don't think you've got that together. And I did have a response for you, except I deleted it. <laughs> and that same lady just started cracking up. Right. And everyone else started laughing. So boom, you got the crowd back. So yeah, you don't yeah, want to yeah. intentionally piss off the crowd either, because then yeah. you become, then you're Anthony Jeselnik. And <laughs> I've done that. I've unintentionally pissed off the crowd, where you know you you go after, you know I don't know what I did for some reason. I just go after this hot chick that wasn't laughing, and then you know you make a comment, and it doesn't go over well, and then you try to recover from that comment, and it just 
digs you in a bigger hole. And then the whole rest of the set, you're just sucking dick because you made fun of that one one chick for the wrong reason. <laughs> and that's why I avoid doing crowd work because people can take it one way or another. Yeah. Like, I know they're... I don't I know, know why I did it. I just I just saw her not laughing and just... Oh, that's the thing, though. You don't you don't want to call someone out for not laughing, mm. like that that because that that backfires on you real quick. Yeah. Um, I made yeah. the mistake one time. I did a bar show, and uh, this lady was drunk as hell, and she was heckling all these other comics. And I go up, she's trying to heckle me, and I say, "You know what? Fine, town hall meeting. What do you want to talk about, lady?" Yeah. And that just ruined my whole set because I turned attention away from what I was doing and I gave it to this drunk lady who's irrelevant. So same thing. Yeah. You don't want to call somebody out because they're laughing because yeah. like you like you experience nothing you say afterward is going to turn them around because they're automatically thinking, "Oh, well, fuck this guy. He just called me out for not laughing." Well, yeah. fuck you then. Yeah. So and, you you want to other avoid people that. feel that. Like, exactly. <laughs> so you want to avoid that. You want to just move on mm. and get them to laugh organically. Yep. Or yep. if you're going to call somebody out for not laughing, make it funny. Yeah. Make it funny, you know. I don't know. I, that's my that's my problem. As I tried to, and I, I ended up just making. I just made her. I just insulted this hot chick or whatever. Yeah, you got you got to be light with it. Like I did a show at. Uh, I don't know if it's a call it a bar, but it's like a bar like restaurant type place, right? And there are these two dr- kids, and they were drunk as hell. It was a Thursday. It was Wednesday night. I'm like, you're really getting drunk, okay? And they're heckling me, right? And I did this joke. I think it was like a some kind of political joke. And these kids are like, yeah, man, we're the 1%, man, we're the 1%. And I'm like, 1% of what? Is that how much you pay at the check cashing place? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm, shut mm-hmm. up. And after the show, they're like, man, you got us, man. <laughs> you fucking got us. Because they just want to be part of the show. But right, you got to make right. it feel stupid. But if you have a situation like that where you see a girl who's not laughing, you could probably pull some shit like, oh, I'm sorry, sweetheart. They ran, Did they run out of pumpkin spice latte for you? Right. Like, I, it's, see, it's, it wasn't like that. See, because you, you got to be live with it. You can't just be like, hey, why the fuck aren't you laughing? Are you stupid or something? I'm not saying you did that. <laughs> it was but, more like that. Yeah. Oh, man. See, you can't condescend. Because people are, are going to pay attention to you one way or another. Otherwise, they're going to leave. So you gotta, you gotta. They're giving you, they're, they're giving you their yeah, time. Yeah. So you gotta make it worth their while. It's, I'm it's, learning so much right now. <laughs> you know, and I come from a customer service background. I worked customer service for quite a few years. So you learn a lot about reading people. You learn a lot yeah. about giving people what they want and making sure you're not overstepping boundaries and making sure that you're making it worth their time and making it worth their money. So you take that into comedy mm. and suddenly it's all about it is about crowd pleasing like if you're gonna you're not gonna please everyone it's you're not gonna please everyone all the time all the no. people all the time but you certainly don't want to intentionally piss them off totally you know you don't want to go up there like that's why i don't like anthony jeselnik because he goes up and talks about like so my girlfriend was pregnant i kicked her and she's not pregnant anymore like that's not funny that's just hmm. dark and yeah 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 not entertaining and people will get offended but as long as you can make it light and you can make it funny, then you're you're, you're getting somewhere, you know. I do that with my dog. My dog is really fat. He's a he's a Chihuahua mixed with a miniature pincher. He's about as big as your cat almost, and awesome. Like to the point where he won't react to anything unless there's food involved. And I and like I see him walk and I go. Ugh. Uh, uh. He looks at me like, "What the fuck are you doing?" 
We call him we call him sausage because he looks like a big fucking bratwurst <laughs> to the point yeah. where my fiance got him a like a little hot dog alpha for Halloween. Belly rub on the ground. Not yeah, he's not there yet. Thank okay. God. <laughs> thank God he's not there yet. But he can't even like jump on the couch anymore. He just yes. looks at you like, "Well, are you gonna pick me up or not? Are you we doing get this?" Those steps. Don't you have the steps? Oh, I gotta get. The- no, I think I think I think that'd be too much for him. Mm. I think by the time of the second step, we'd be winded. Like <laughs> this isn't worth it. You need a small step. <laughs> With the the chair, yeah, I was gonna that, say we need one of those <laughs> that goes up the steps. Yeah, yeah. They actually have step those elevators now for the dogs. Oh God, they would. Yeah, I've seen it on Facebook where they have like a little like you know platform that the dog gets on and then it just rides up the steps. Wow. For the fat, you know, bull bulldogs and whatever that. See, Shouldn't be when genetically you're, when born. You're a bulldog and a pug, or a pug, or some shit like that. Yeah, it makes sense. But when you're a fucking chihuahua mixed with a miniature pincher, you're a mixture yeah. of the two smallest dogs known to man. Yeah, you shouldn't be that fat. But my dog is fat as hell. Yeah, and it. Uh, I don't they, understand that. Like about humans, where like we'll do all these like genetic things that like we'll create dogs that shouldn't exist and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know, man. See, we didn't even have to like genetically engineer my dog. He just. We just overfed him. <laughs> That's all it is. So it should be like lean and buff, and he should be. I mean, ideally, but he's just got this big old belly, and mm. he's very he'll be very lethargic sometimes. Yeah, you uh, do. is but, he the one dog that when you want to like take it out for a walk, it's like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, he <laughs> used to love going out for walks. Now he's like, he'll walk like half the block and just be like. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, I want my Twinkie. <laughs> you got to pull it. I have, uh, yeah, I, I find it so crazy how, like, I watch a lot of dog documentaries and they're like, yeah, from, like, the, it only took, like, 12 generations from, like, the wild dog to, like, the, the domesticated dog. And it's like, what? That's all it took, like, 12 times to have it fuck? Like, and then we have domesticated dogs? Like, <laughs> oh, man, uh, that's, that's funny how far dogs have come. It's just, I, I mean, <laughs> literally I, and figuratively. Yeah, uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> But yeah, like, and not only that, but we've like created so many different versions of like the one dog, you know, like, oh, we take just a little bit of this and then we create this. And then how, how do you do that? Like, okay, this dog has short legs. So if we breed it with this other dog that has a short tail, suddenly this other dog that comes out of it's going to have short legs and a short tail. I don't know, man. That's, that's, that's basic genetics for you. But I have yet to see a dog that looks like a weird mixture. Just my dog, I suppose. Is. My dog looks like somebody bred a dog with a bowling ball. <laughs> but we have the technology. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's funny, man. But it's, he, when he wants something, he can, he, can, he can be pretty active. Thankfully, I've taught him to, to run home because we have him in a little, like, uh, what's his name? Rigby. Run home, Rigby. Yeah, yeah. No, so uh, we have this little kennel for him, and we pick we we take him out every night and we bring him in, and I've successfully trained him to just go straight home, like run up the steps and get into the house, mm-hmm. as opposed to running into the street. Right. So for that, he'll sprint. <laughs> but as soon as he sprints up the steps and he gets inside, he does like a lap around the living room. Yeah. Then he goes into the bed. And he's like, I'm done. <laughs> That's my cardio for the year. <laughs> for the year. <laughs> I'm like, come on, dude. That's my job. Right? We can't both be lazy. Yeah. So, the first joke I ever did that I still do to this day because it still stands. Sweet. Is a joke about my mother. Hmm. You know, helping her with technology, right? Because, you know, the older your parents get, the worse they are with computers. Right. So, every time I do that joke, 
I get somebody that goes, that's not cool. That's your mom, man. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, I'm sorry. What? Do I'm going to start talking about your mom now? Is that, right. is that what you want? It's not like you said, like, this cunt that I know. Yeah. I'm not like, my fucking mom is a pain in the ass. And yeah. No, I'm not doing that. I'm just you going. It's like she's old. Yeah. I'm like, my mom has trouble figuring it out. So sometimes <laughs> she has. So sometimes, you know, she'll ask me stuff that I don't think she realizes what she's asking me. Right. You know, they have the answers and the questions, and they do stuff like that. And mm. It's very light. It's very humorous, but right. people take offense to it. One time I did a show, and I did that joke, and I heard this lady hit in the front row. She just goes, oh, you suck. Whoa. And I'm like, and I, I pretended not to hear it, because yeah. you don't want to indulge that. Of course. But I really wanted to call her out. Especially at the top. You're like, already? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I, didn't, I wanted to call her because she was with her kid. Mm. And I wanted to be like, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. Do you, is it because you do that to your son? Yeah, like he's probably thinking you're probably thinking I suck. He's probably thinking fucking a man. Mm, it so, got too real. <laughs> yeah, like that. That that's in the words of Jim Jeffries. That's what I call an awkward car ride home. Yeah, you know. Yes, um, yes. But yeah, man, it, you, he you, made us think about stuff I never want to think about, and, and that's my style of comedy. I make you think. I don't. Yeah. I'm not going to throw dick and fart jokes at you. Yeah, I'm going to do stuff that's going to evoke some thought, not like a serious conversation, but. <laughs> You're going to think about why it's funny. It's so funny because lately I've been like hitting on the dick and fart jokes. <laughs> oh, man. And, and see, that, that I'm, I hope that works for you. To me, for me, it doesn't. Yeah. I consider that taking I think the it's just road. I'm grasping for anything that just, you know, oh, just maybe this will work. Maybe that'll work. Maybe this will, you know, and then it's just, oh, it hits. Okay, I guess I'll do that for a little bit until it doesn't hit. Yeah, <laughs> and that's good. I just but then I'm a- I always try to bring back other more poignant stuff. Yeah, <laughs> takes a little bit more thought than uh, you know, just hey, ever ever thought about farts? <laughs> yeah, man, because I I did that one time. I did a joke about. Um, how I don't like bars because it's overcrowded. So sometimes I'll fart in a bar to get people to move out of the way. <laughs> um, and it, and it worked to an extent, but people right, eventually yeah. got over it because I don't know if people realize this or not, but people are starting to really move on from that. And they don't, yes. they're going to get to the point where they don't want to hear dick and fart jokes anymore. Right. You know, it's like uh, John Oliver said, uh, people are starting to go to the comedians for facts and they're starting to go to you right, know, po- politicians right. for jokes. Well, I've heard so many people like, that's why they love, uh, you know, Joe Rogan and other comics like that where, you know, they, they feel like they're learning something yeah. and laughing at the same time. Absolutely. Like, I've never heard that or this, I've never heard that information being said and now you're saying it in a funny way. That's awesome. Like, Yeah, that's why those comics are succeeding and that's my goal. I want to be one of those comics that makes right. you think a little bit. I always think that that's like certain premises, like certain premises, you know, you see everybody, every comic, you know, could probably talk about Trump or whatever, but you know, there's only certain comics that are talking about bananas or (laughs) yeah, whatever. And I, you know, and Mitch Hedberg can make a funny joke about a banana, you know, I'm sure he had, I'm sure if he was still around, he'd have Trump jokes, but I don't know. I'm sure he'd be talking about a lot of other stuff, you know? Probably have a Snapchat joke or something or some sort of Facebook joke. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, you know, and even if you have a Trump joke, you want to make it your own. Right. You know, do you ever feel that like, yeah, is that intimidating if you like, you know, are five on the list and you see the first four go up about and talk about Trump for? Oh, I probably won't do it then. Yeah, you're yeah. like oh, that's enough. Yeah, I like a perfect example. I did a show at the Ha Ha Cafe a couple months ago, where the first guy to go up did nothing but Trump for 12 minutes. Man, that's tough. And see, Trump for me is just my closer. 
Right. You know, so I'm like, shit, you just ruined my closer for me. Yeah. And so I had to, I had to cut it out. So and, and so you clearly have yeah. something else that you can. Oh yeah, with. of course. Oh yeah, I had something else to draw from. But the thing is, like, I felt bad because I'm like, crap, I can't because that shit, that, that stuff hits. You know, I remember the first time I did it, people loved it. Yeah, and it was the first time I ever did a Trump impression, and people loved it. I'm like, okay, I guess this works. Hmm. So I went from doing that to doing it at more shows, and now I'm doing these voiceover videos where I have them quoting Macho Man Randy Savage, and it seems to be going over well. You Cream know. of the crop. Yeah. So okay. So you saw that? Yeah. yeah. I did the I did the Macho Man Randy Savage. You know where he does a promo where he's like, "I'm the cream of the crop, yeah. Nobody does it better than the Macho Man Randy Savage, yeah." And I turned it into Donald Trump, where I'm like, "And I'm going to point to President Jack Tunney, okay." And not only does the Intercontinental Championship have to fall, but now the World Championship is going to fall, okay? Because I have Russia on my side, okay? <laughs> so and I, I love I tell you, uh, Trump, where is uh, Melania? <laughs> uh, Melania? Melania is on the edge of the ring, okay? Does she interfere in my elections? Sure, maybe not, whatever. Pure athletic talent. That's what you're looking at here. No outside interference in my moment of glory. I'm glad. I like that you know the mean gene. <laughs> Line that works so perfectly. Yeah. Where's Elizabeth? Where's Elizabeth? I'll, where's tell, Elizabeth? You, I'll tell you where she's outside. Does she interfere in my matches? No, uh, pure athletic talent. Yeah. My girlfriend and I recently took like you know the metro down to long, uh, downtown LA. Okay, and it was so much better. Than driving an hour and a half, like it's not faster. It's just the same amount of time, yeah. but you're not having to be behind the vehicle. Like, That's true. But let me let me guess. I mean, you, you do. You meet took the blue line, people. didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The blue line's the fucking worst. That's like, um, have you, if you've ever seen a uh, Batman Begins. Yes. So let me put this is how I explain it to people. The gold line is have you ever taken the gold line? No. That's the Pasadena line. Yeah, that's or? the one that connects from Union Station yeah. down to Pasadena. And that one's because it's brand new. It still right. looks really nice. So the way I, I tell people the gold line is the uh, Thomas Wayne monorail from the beginning of the movie. <laughs> where it's really nice. It's like the wave of the future. Wow, Dad, this is so awesome. Yeah, this is the wave of the future, son. <laughs> and then the blue line is at the end where Batman is fighting Ra's al Ghul and Liam yeah. dies and it's all tagged up and fucked up and it blows up and there are homeless people peeing in the corner and totally. shit. And that's what the blue line is. Like, I got, not not scared, but there were times where I was very apprehensive because I used to take the blue line a lot. I agree. I mean, there were those two people talking to themselves but yeah. not talking to each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's funny because I, I do a joke about that. I say, uh, you know, I say that it's time to start reevaluating your social life when the guy talking to the voices in his head has more friends than you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I tell people, yeah, you know, and the guy is, uh, you know, mumbling to himself and driving the bus. And that's when I figured it's time to network. <laughs> and the whole driving the bus usually goes people over people's heads until later they're like, oh, it's the bus driver. I got it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, I saw, well, the craziest thing I've ever seen on the blue line is this uh, street hustler. Right. He was doing the whole find the ball in the cup thing. Uh, the three-card the three card mod. Yeah, thing. yeah. And he had his buddy who he didn't let people know it was his friend. The guy the, was like, the, yeah, the, the, the shill, yeah. Yeah, he's like, yeah, man, you can't do that again. Hey, watch me, man. And he doesn't. Of course, mm-hmm. he miraculously finds the ball. Of course. So this other guy, he, he this other guy was it's a whole up. racket. Yeah, absolutely. And the guy was, and they, they got this guy in, and this guy was up 100 bucks. Yeah. The guy ended up breaking even. <laughs> and I'm like, you're fucking stupid, kid. You just want 100 bucks on the train. You walk the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he broke even. Why? Because the guy hustled him. Mm. 
And then they, what do they know? They got off on the same stop I did. And they're, of course, they're talking. Yeah. Splitting, yeah, yeah. splitting the pay. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. And then, of course, on the blue line, you have the people who are selling, you know, they have, they're selling booze on the blue line. On the blue line. I'm like, really? Sweet, You're just yeah. going to sell beer and shit? <laughs> it's like a nice little craft brewery on the on Seriously, the blue they line. got like Blue Moods, Coronas, and Modelos and shit. You know, starting to start selling weed on there yeah. now. I'm like, what the Is fuck? Is there like a paleta, man? <laughs> Almost, man. You, you see a little bicycle horn. You know, they're selling like phone chargers and earbuds that are going to fuck up on you in a week. Yeah. And, and then there's always the Seventh day Adventist like handing out like the good word. Oh yeah, I yeah, I'm like I'm like okay yeah thank you that's great, um, you know I, I'm Ooh, a very sweet rolling papers. <laughs> I'm, I'm a very antisocial guy, um, so I I don't know nothing personal against people who sat next to me on the train. Yeah, but I don't like when people sit next to me on the train. <laughs> Isn't I'm, it so weird? I'm like somebody... first of all I'm fat as I'm fat enough as it is. <laughs> I need my space. I need elbow. Right. But right. then they sit the fuck down, and sometimes if I'm if I'm having a shitty day, I would stare at them and be like. Don't fucking sit here. And they still sat there, and I'm like... Is it a crowded one, or is it, like, empty, and they sit right next to you? <laughs> well, it's when it starts filling up, but there are other seats elsewhere. They could have sat somewhere else. Exactly. They could have sat somewhere else, but they chose to sit next to the fat guy. Right. Like, all right, man. You're fucking lost. And that's another reason why I don't miss riding the bus. It's that when it fills up, man, people lose their sense of courtesy. Yeah. And they'll bump into you. They'll elbow you in the face and shit. Not even so much as an excuse oh, man. me. And I'm like, really, like... Come on, that doesn't excuse you from being an asshole. I remember I was just recently, and this was awesome because it's just like, yeah, the climate was just, you can automatically tell like, oh, it's going to be four years of this. Great. Where like, you know, right after the election, go on the blue line and like straight up, there's like a, maybe a guy that has like, you know, cerebral palsy or something, Mm -hmm. definitely in a wheelchair, all, you know, laid up and everything. Totally like in a huge drag out argument with this like old like clearly homeless white guy that's like just basically like because the the cerebral palsy guy was black and then the white guy was definitely just a homeless white guy and they were just having at it like every racial slur in the book was just getting slung at each other everything was just being like you're a fucking blah 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 oh yeah you're a blah 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 blah." and you're just like jeez man and you're just trying to sit there going like should i tell them to shut the fuck up or like and you want to do that like i remember one time i got on the the red line and it was getting really packed and uh this uh, black guy sitting in, in a seat, and he's going, he's going, yep, hell yeah, Donald Trump gonna get all you motherfuckers out. Yep, yep. Donald Trump, y'all ain't got your paperwork, y'all get the fuck out. And he was like, yeah, we got a billionaire gonna be president. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And I'm like, I want to be like, dude, shut the fuck up. We're just mm. trying to ride the fucking train. Yeah, this ain't the time for a political statement, like. We Seriously. just want to get to our fucking job or wherever we're yeah, going. Like, man. <laughs> and I'm like, and who's going to now jump in and go like, no. <laughs> yeah. Like nobody's going to tell them to shut up. That's the problem. And it's funny because they always do. They're smart because when you're on the train, there's always those uh, L.A. County sheriffs, the ones who, you know, probably got busted for police brutality. So now they're doing the fair check. Mm. And they, they're whenever they always do when those guys aren't on the train. Mm-hmm. But it got if there was ever a cop on the train, they wouldn't do that shit. Of course not. Yeah, they know. Yeah, they know when to do it, and it is like I just never f- 
I run into them all the time, you know, when you're in the city and stuff, but it's like, who are these people? Yeah. Like, who would just decide that, like, I'm just going to say some shit out in the out in the world just <laughs> i'm just gonna go on the train on and fuck shit up today yeah yeah we have we do it we do it in a controlled forum yeah i just feel like i don't know maybe it's this just the fear talking but it's like always like i don't want to get shot i don't want to get stabbed i don't want to get into a confrontation over some bullshit <laughs> yeah yeah man that's how it is and you, so you kind of just try to ignore it and you're like all right well uh, maybe if I just put my headphones on, it won't matter. Hmm. And but again, I'm just I'm glad I'm not doing that anymore. I don't understand, and it, I mean I get it online, but it is weird on where every, everybody just I guess doesn't have like problems or doesn't have other things to worry about. Like I'm too worried about paying my bills and stuff. I don't have like time to go talk to some asshole about how much they love Trump. And yeah. now I'm gonna set them straight, like in the streets. <laughs> That's the problem, man. I went to a I went to a protest in downtown LA uh, a couple of weeks about a month ago, and I guarantee you about maybe like oh I mentioned this in in the, my last episode of my podcast um, where a lot of the kids there probably don't know why the fuck they were protesting. Mm. You know, they're carrying their signs that that hip hop song is playing. Fuck Donald Trump. Trump. Yeah, 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 fuck Donald Trump. Fuck Donald Trump. And they're tagging on the on the ground and shit. You know, they're getting in cops' faces. I'm like, that cop's about to knock you the fuck out. It almost just seems like that's the thing. It's like, we don't really care, but we're going to go out and do something because we can. Yeah, because we're going to pretend that we care so people care about us. Yeah, and it almost turns into like a, if we riot, cool, maybe I'll get a free DVD player out of this. Shit, <laughs> man. If we riot, maybe I'll get a free TV. Shit. Yeah, so like, maybe they're hoping to... I don't know. It's, but it is turning into like, what are the reasons that you're doing this? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm not one to judge, but I'm just saying, if you're going to do it, do it for the right reasons. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you do it to polit- to advocate for political fairness, you know, don't do it just because mm-hmm. you want to be on TV or because you want to start some shit or because you want to fight the power, which really means you want to get in cops' faces. Right. Because as much as I don't like the cops, you don't just go up to a cop in his face and start some shit. You know, there are ways to go about it. And I don't know about you, but there's so many times when I watch, like, these viral videos of, like, these atrocities going on, I'm always thinking to myself, like, put down the camera and help them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, everybody's trying to fucking ins- film it and then now put it up on Worldstar later or whatever. <laughs> Worldstar. And then, like, become a – they want their their video to become famous. They don't want to, like, actually help the people that are – having the shit go down yeah yeah like it's like well, when they post it on facebook and they're like sure sure to spread awareness you could have fucking done something right then and there that would have whether we wouldn't have to spread awareness yeah we don't have to spread awareness why don't you help the dude and we don't and then tell facebook hey i helped this guy but you know what though i think it has a lot to do with fear because you know if, if you're if you're videotaping a bunch of cops beat the shit out of a guy it's different. You're not, you're not going to go in there and get beat up with the guy. Yeah, you're not going to hold back some cops just because they're beating up a dude. Exactly. They're cops. But I'm talking about you You see like a street fight or something. Okay, yeah. Or you, if you see like some old lady like yelling, Donald Trump and mm-hmm. I hate you, you N-word this. Then yeah, yeah then, you, then you get involved and make the lady look stupid. You know, but you're absolutely right. But again, it's it's about the, I understand the substance. It's a if, flash. You know, you're worried about your own safety. But I'm talking like I saw like... 
like I was watching this thing that went viral and it was like these two 13 year olds like beating up each other because one doesn't like Trump or whatever. And there was like not just like one kid videoing that you could see like eight or nine kids like all videoing it. And you're just like, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, well, that's I'm not saying like I never watched a fight when I was a kid growing up. Like I watched kids fight. Absolutely. And I'm sure if we had phones, we would have videotaped it too. Yes. We had those big VHS tape players. Yeah, man. Growing up, we had fucking... We were, the closest thing we had to a portable video recording device was a flip cam. You know? And and you were privileged if you had a flip cam right. back in the day. Hey, man. I'll take a Polaroid of this. Seriously, <laughs> man. That was that was the shit we had. Um, but, I mean, when you're, when you're 13 years old, that, that's excusable. Like, you know, you're 13. You like seeing fights. You like seeing dead bodies. You, you like yeah, seeing all shit happen. of death, all that exactly. shit. Exactly. You like seeing shit like that. But when you're a grown-ass adult and you see somebody getting into a fight or you see, mm. like I said, some kind of conf- racial confrontation in the parking lot and you don't do anything about it, then you're if you're not a part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Yeah. Especially if you're gawking and just, like, trying to almost, like, escalate it and, like, exactly. or throw, you know, gas on the fire. Like I don't know if we saw the video of the uh, the lady who was at who was at a Michael's somewhere I think in like Chicago, mm. and she was yelling at this poor black girl across the counter uh, about something or other, and then she comes and then she sees the the, the lady who's videotaping her. Oh yeah, I saw. And that. she's like, yeah. "Why are you videoing me? Right? Yeah, I thought for Trump's the what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like." lady like I, I mean at that point I, me being the guy behind the camera i would have been i would have just been i would have humiliated her on camera hmm. it's not enough to just document you know i'm, I'm air right. quoting you document you know it's you gotta do something about it i think yeah and it, with this type of climate i don't know if that why that isn't in everybody's head already where it's like do not do anything that you think is not going to get filmed. Yeah. <laughs> like everything's getting filmed, guys. Like yeah, everybody's got a phone. Yeah, so if you start doing anything that is like remotely like out of the, you know, conformity norm or whatever, you're going to now go into this realm of like being videotaped and now it's like you blow up like this lady. I don't know. If you're going to see more of it or less of it, of people just going like, I don't care anymore. Like, I'm going to go get crazy. To that point. Like, it's going to get to that point where it's like, like look. I can't just be this cookie cutter person just so I can make sure I'm not being filmed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I mean, if you don't have it in you to just be a good person, whether or not there's a video camera is going to change that. I went to LA Comic Con <laughs> oh, yeah, cosplaying as Macho Man Randy Savage. Awesome. And people fucking loved it. They're like, hey, Macho Man. Yeah. To the point where, um, <laughs> did you ever watch uh, Spartacus on Stars or on Netflix? Yes, yes a little so, bit, not the whole thing. Okay. So after the first season, the guy who played Spartacus, Andy Whitfield, passed away. He had a Hodgkin's lymphoma, I think oh, wow. it was. So they replaced him with an actor by the name of Liam McIntyre. Just and, the character was whole different, like yeah, just different actor, same character, right? Okay. Um, and that guy was at LA Comic Con, and my and me and my fiance, and my friend, we all went, and we're all big Spartacus fans. Mm-hmm. And my friend actually dressed up as Spartacus. Nice. So we're walking past his booth. He's doing a signing for something else, 
and he sees me. He doesn't see the guy who dressed up as Spartacus. <laughs> he sees Macho Man. And he goes, hey, Macho Man. So I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to get my buddy a free picture here. And I go, oh, yeah, check it out, yo. I'm the Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, but you got a guy right there. He uh, looks like you. He's dressed like you. He wants to be Spartacus when he grows up. He wants to be just like you, yo. <laughs> and, he, and he got a picture. And he's like, he's like that was awesome, man. Um, I don't even know how the Macho Man came about, to be honest with you. It just... I'm a big fan of his stuff. Yeah. Um, ever since, I mean, even like Spider-Man. Of course. Yeah, hey, Rick Show, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I got you for three minutes. Three minutes of playtime, yo. <laughs> that's, that's such a... I, I, just the way saw, he talks is great. Bonesaw. ready? <laughs> 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 yeah, oh, just the way. Do you think he was just like, yeah, just coked up? Do you just think he was? No, I was. Just I, I don't know what it magic, was. Magic, just WWF. Ma- he was just high on life. Yeah, because when you hear him talk, like outside of his out out of character, he really like he talked like that, but he toned it down a little. Yeah, right. Where but that like, was him. Like, yeah, he that was, was him. Like he would he wouldn't be like, oh yeah, but he'd be like, yeah, let me tell you about uh. Hulk Hogan, yeah, me and that guy don't really get along, yo. And he'll 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 right. tone it down, but he's still Randy Savage, you know. You should have him, like review like TV shows or whatever. I've been like, thinking about doing this thing about where like Macho Man is like narrating a nature show, yeah. where he'll be like reading children's the books or something. Oh my god, reading children's books—that's fucking beautiful. I might, I might just take that. Like, oh, do it, man! Like, I'm not gonna eat it in the books. I'm not gonna eat it in the fucks. I'm not gonna eat it on the plane. I'm not gonna eat it on the train. I'm not gonna eat it in the sky. I'm not gonna eat it while I'm high. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna eat a list of Slim Jim. Then I'll eat a Slim Jim all day long. Yeah. Oh man. I'm, I might Good just... night, Moon. Good night, Moon. Go the fuck to sleep, y'all. I'm having you go the fuck to sleep. That's that'll awesome. that'll go over well. With that'll the kids. be sweet. That'll be great. Oh, man, I'm it pretty get, much writes itself. Yeah, I'm gonna get on that. That, yeah. that. That's that's pretty freaking beautiful. But yeah, I mean, you were asking me for if I do voices. So yeah, I mean, I do Randy Savage. Hell yeah. I, I, I still, but I still haven't found a way to incorporate him in my standup. Mm, yeah. How, how do you incorporate that in your and standup? You, can you, it never works to just go like, hey guys, I do Randy Savage. Yeah. And now let me just do that. <laughs> yeah, you can't just go, hey guys, I'm Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Like yeah. you can't just do that. It has to be some kind of a premise like when i do my donald trump you know lately i've been doing this new joke where i say oh you know what guys i'm getting tired of my mom calling me asking me for help all the time so instead of answering hello i just answer thank you for calling donald trump wall builders hotline okay what say you want to build the wall you want to help build the wall okay <laughs> but you got to stay on your side when you're done okay and people right, right and people will either again they'll either laugh or they'll be in shock but i can't incorporate that with my macho man yeah or you know like I know you like. I know you mentioned my. You like my uh, my Cambodian accent, mm-hmm. which is really just a variation of the Vietnamese accent, which really is just a variation of. Um, you ever seen a series of YouTube videos called Ownage Pranks? Mm, I'm. I think I'm familiar with it, but yeah, I don't know if I've seen it. Yeah, it's this guy. Uh, it's this voice actor who who prank calls like businesses, like who like like he prank calls like shady businesses nice. as different characters, right. and he has a Vietnamese character he he calls Buk Lao. And he loves in his character is more like the hello what you do today, big boy. What the <laughs> hell you want today? Oh my god! So of course I'm not going to go out and do that, right? But I kind of right. change it up a little. So yeah, my Cambodian is a little bit more punctuated. Yeah, so there's more, more like, like a, this, a, a throat gulp. Like, yeah. The hello what do do? I I turn off a lot and Yeah. And you know, so I do that. Um, I've always noticed, like with my impressions, it's more like I'm doing the impression of somebody's impression already of it. It's but like, you know what, though, that's how it starts, man. Yeah, I like my Donald Trump was 
a variation of Ralph Garman's. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you hear somebody else and you're like, okay, they cracked the code. What inflections need to be done or exaggerated what or whatever. What can I do to make it my own? Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And that that's that's what I do. Like my stuff my my Trump came from Ralph Garman. Yeah. My uh what else? My my Vietnamese came from Onage Pranks. Mm. Um my Indian accent started off as everyone else's. Everyone thinks that if they do a poo. Right, then, you know, right. It's, but it's more than just, they, yeah. it's not just, hello, Mr. Homer, thank you, come again. Yeah. You have to really bring it down like this, you know. You know mm-hmm. and, and not everybody talks just broken down. Okay, Some people have it really civilized, so they talk like this a little bit more. They have a little more of an English accent. It's Gandhi from It's, Gandhi. <laughs> it's a little more Gandhi. It's a little bit more, little bit more tech support, but mm-hmm. you still hear the accent a little bit. Um, but <laughs> My uh, name is Reggie. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever, Rajesh, like, come on. <laughs> now fix my damn computer um but yeah it's all variation or something or what i like to think is that when if you want to do an impersonation of one person it can all it's always a variation of somebody else's yeah um i'll give you an example uh bill cosby is just it's nothing more than a modified rick flair <laughs> so what? if you start off okay. with rick flair yeah i'm gonna enjoy 16 time women doing kiss doing soga Space not older along his line, baby. Woo! And then you modify that a little bit, and then you make it a little bit black, and you slow down a little bit, and you put the girls to sleep, and you got your little Cosby with the zip zop zoop and the bop roofie. You go to sleep, go right. night night while I touch you. No. So it's a variation. Or um, that on stage because that, that I've, and, I, and I've done Cosby. <laughs> I've done Cosby where I'm like, I'm like, you know, they missed the opportunity. They should have done like a children's nighttime Jello pudding. Yeah, <laughs> so the kids can go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, Nyquil pudding. Yeah. yeah, Nyquil pudding, so the kids can go to sleep and have Cosby endorse that. Yeah, so <laughs> I did that. I did that in the heyday, but that's the thing when you do like stuff about celebrities mm. it's very time sensitive it is yeah like i'm only gonna be able to do trump so much even though he's got a four-year term right. out of those four years i'm pretty sure i'll only be able to do for maybe like one because after that it's just gonna get old yeah like anybody it's that just does gotta old... be or new premises or exactly you know, obviously he's gonna get into some crazy shit over the next oh, four years every day he's getting into some shit yeah so as long as it's relevant um do you watch the show last man on earth what yes the... i love okay. that show so another example Will Forte's Tandy character yes. is nothing more than Trump. Hmm. So you take Donald Trump, right? He talks like this. You take some of the smugness out, and you kind of bring up some, bring it up a little bit. And all of a sudden, you're talking about friggin' Todd, and he doesn't <laughs> want to listen to me. But I think it's a great, I think it's a fantastic idea. I don't know about you, Carol, but I think it's a great, I think it's a great idea too, Tandy. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, farts! You know, yeah. it's a variation oh, of another. You know, and. It's I can do, I can go all day with this, but that's oh, the beautiful man. thing about impersonations, and you, and you discover it as you go yeah, along. Yeah, nobody does a Will Forte. That's an interesting uh, impression. Yeah, if I can nail down MacGruber, that'd be great. I'm gonna throw, right. I'm gonna throw it rip you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna shove it down your fucking neck. Like I wish I could do it, but I, uh, that guy's that guy's too MacGruber. funny for me. MacGruber, I used to love that. Shut. We've got a doozy on our hands, MacGruber. That's over 10 pounds of C4 explosives. This baby's gonna blow in three seconds. We can do this. Jojo, hand me that old bucket filled with bum sperm. Oh. Yeah. That guy is way too funny for me. Oh, Will Forte, man. That guy is hilarious. He's 
and there's so many sketches that you watch now back in the day that you're like it never like gets on like you know best ofs or any of those types yeah. and you just watch it and you're like that was so funny like but you know what the sketches were really good but the movie was like hmm. hit and miss I don't know if you ever Boomer saw Gruber movie. Yeah, yeah, movie, it was a little over the top for it sure. It was, it was, it really was. But the sketches are really good. You ever watch like Black Mirror? No, what is it? It's a TV show on Netflix, and it's kind of like a you know a science fiction anthology type show where mm-hmm. each episode's kind of different and by you know singular but it is it it talks about near future scenarios where you know like it's you know not far from this future Mm. you know and it's there was this one thing where everybody you know is now rated with every interaction that they do and just everything is just documented and the higher your rating you know the better perks you have in life Mm. like you know if you're a five you know if you're 4.5 you live in a nice house you have all these nice you know discounts on food and stuff like that but if you're a piece of shit and a 1.3 star you know you're you don't live in the nice houses not because you're not rich or whatever but you don't you're not allowed to because you're not a nice person you're not like a you know people haven't rated you in this way that you know lets society know like okay this person can be trusted or he's a, a decent human being or whatever that but sounds... now it's like all these artificial interactions. Like, I'm not l- wanting to be nice to you. I'm just trying to be nice to you because I don't want a bad rating. Oh, that's true. But, I mean, that's not genuine. Like a, it's, it's just – To me, it sounds like a million-dollar idea, though. If, if, <laughs> even if you're going to fake being nice, which being a comic, there are, and you're going to see this over time. There are a lot of people out there who, who probably live in that mentality where – you know, I'm going to pretend to be nice to you, not so much so I can get a good rating from you, but yeah. so I can... Well, connections. Ca- exactly, yeah. so I can connect with you in the future and cash in on you, you know? So you get that a lot, and... But, but I'm can, like, you, can you weed out the genuine, like, oh, I want to actually connect with you because not only do I want a professional, uh, you know, interest, but I also like you on just a human level, you know? Yeah, I mean, and you can weed those out, and we talked about that a little bit in our podcast, Two Drink Minimum. Um, where we talk about it's very few and far between when you have those people. Yeah. You know, because those people are the ones who, you know, they don't just message you when they want a spot or they don't just comment on your stuff whenever you post something. But they're genuine. Or it's rather when you do a show together, they're excited to see you. Right. You know, and they're excited to hang out with you. They're excited to share ideas with you. Right. You know, like... uh Eric Escobar and I, we talked about him earlier. We've done a few shows together. And the last time I saw him, I'm like, hey, man, like, you know, I know know you're a wrestling fan. So am I. We, like, spent, like, freaking an hour Mm. talking about wrestling. Yeah. And because Eric's one of those genuine guys. Yeah. That guy's a mensch. I mean, he's never been uh, nothing but positive all the time. He's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's a negative bone in that guy's body. Even when we're talking wrestling, Mm. you know, everyone has their opinions. He'd always start with people he didn't like. He'd always start with, I don't like them, but. He'd be like, (laughs) I don't like them, but I see why people like them. (laughs) That's 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 our best Eric Escobar impression. Uh, Eric, if you're listening to this, man, all love, man. I love you, man. It's it's, um, the the, the three times we've worked together. (laughs) But, and by the way, you still, we we still need to go check out indie shows together, but that's another star for another day. Um, But yeah, so he'd always, he, and I wish I had that kind of positivity, positivity, because I agree. Whenever I talk about somebody, if it's somebody I don't like, I'll be like, fuck that guy. Not just mm-hmm. wrestling. Just mm-hmm. in life. Yeah, just other comics or whatever. Other like, comics, just... other producers, you know, family members, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, fuck them. 
fucking would, those pieces of shit. You know, I wish I had that positivity. I see that in every, like, a lot of comedy, like, especially podcasts that are involving comedians and stuff like that. You know, they never want to, they'll always talk about, you know, stories involving them about certain comics, but they'll never say who it is. They'll always say, you know, I'm not going to say their name, but this person's a piece of shit. That other person's a piece Man, of shit. And you're like, well, why don't you say the names? Like, and I understand because, you know, maybe you're going to be on a show with them later and you don't want to say like, oh, yeah, two episodes ago or some out there, they I, I called them a piece of shit or whatever. Well, here's the thing, because we do that on our podcast. Yeah. If, if you listen to other episodes, like everybody we, does it. I mean, yeah, like like I mentioned it. I was about to mention a name on my previous podcast and uh, Anthony goes, don't name him, don't name him. Yeah. And I'm like, OK, no, you're right, because it's not just so much you might run into them later, but it's. Comics are so sensitive nowadays, right? That if they if they do react negatively, it could be something as passive as unfriending you on Facebook mm. to something as aggressive as filing a restraining order on you, right? And right. you don't want to be in that spectrum, so it's better to just say what you mean, but just don't incriminate people. Like I do that all the time in our podcast, like our first podcast. I talk about this <laughs> this god awful promoter who fucking always has the same person host every show and she will deliberately cut comics time yeah. so she can spend more time on stage twerking on audience members and right, shit right. and I don't mention any names but that person knows who it is mm. and I reason and I know she listens to our podcast because uh, about a week after that podcast came that episode came out she was booking people on Facebook and she says keep my we always we're always respectful of our comedians <laughs> so you know I'm talking about you right did she you, put you in the comment too <laughs> no no i mean if she had i, w- I would have no problem telling her like right. you need to start rethinking your fucking producing strategy you can't yeah. have your host cutting comics time because she wants more stage time that's not fucking fair to the rest yeah, of us that's, that's tough and but it's again if you if you mention of details they know who you're talking about but that's the beauty if right. you don't mention them and they come at you and say hey man are you fucking talking about me you can just say something like well if you don't no. apply letter five if the shoe fits motherfucker yeah you or know? maybe they'll just even be more passive and say, like, no, I wasn't. I didn't say anything about that. Or... Exactly. You you have the right to deny it because you, did, you, weren't, right. you didn't mention them directly. Right. The only time I've ever done that on record is I put on blast this bar in Anaheim mm. called Felipe's. And I've already blasted I've talked them. about it, too. It's I've been there a few times, and it that owner sucks ass. He's a fucking terrible fucking person. It's funny because when we did Two Jerk Minimum, Nick and Anthony were like, Whoa, did you destroy it? I'm like, yeah, dude, fuck no, that guy. No, when I heard you talking about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's talking about Philippe. He's talking about that, dude. I'm not shit. going back to fucking Felipe's, man. Yeah. I went there. I did a show with Nick. I got Nick on to that show, and me and Nick go, and uh, I go to, I go to what the fuck is he calling himself? Don Felipe, like he's mm-hmm. some kind of fucking godfather or some mm-hmm. shit. And uh, and I'm like, yeah, man, let me get a can of soda. Oh, it's four bucks. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. like, four bucks? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. No, man, it's four bucks. I'm like, there's a liquor store right next to you, dude. I can go over there and get it for 75 cents. I'm trying to help you out. No shit. It's four bucks, man. And uh, Rude Morales, who you've had on the show, a great yeah. guy. Yeah. Rude was like, hey, man, what do you need? You need money? I'm like, no, I don't need money. I see this asshole to yeah. fucking be reasonable. <laughs> and he goes, no, man, I'll take care of him. I'm like, dude, you're too nice, but fuck this guy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he tried charging Nick like four bucks for a bottle of water. Yeah. So I have no problem blasting that guy because I don't plan on going back. Yeah. You know, and if the fucker does anything to me, then I can just fucking call the health department. Like Felipe has rats. You know what I mean? And it's not like he brought like eighty, you know, c- civilians in there that just like loved comedy. 
where you could now go like, well, it's a it's a pretty decent room, so I'll suck it up that this guy's a douche. Yeah. No, it's like it was like two other com like at least the times I was there. Yeah. It was just a, a dead open mic. And it was like, you're going to charge me four bucks to like talk to two other comics that are waiting to get on stage? Like, yeah, come on. Come on now. So, I mean, in, like, I understand you need to make money and all that, but like. If you have to charge that much for a can of soda, chances are you're not making money. That's right. not going to change anything. And not only that, but the first thing he told me, like, I, I show up, I'm not even there for like two minutes, and he comes up to me. I don't know that he's the owner at this point. Oh, okay. And he just comes up to me and goes like, sorry, the pussy's not great tonight. I'm like, uh, cool. Um, that's okay. Dude, like he, he did some like, similar shit to me, dude. I don't uh, care about the pussy. Like, yeah, like he did similar shit to me. Like we, I went with my fiance the first time I did Felipe's because I did it multiple times, unfortunately. Right. Um, and the first time he had got, first of all, the fucker showed up late to open up his bar. Right. Right. And <laughs> which is always he, classy. And bro. he's like, he's like, yeah, man. Uh, Man, it it gets crazy around here sometimes. Like with well, this one time, I had a girl who she was hitting on me, and her, and her man was there. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, dude. Like, I'm just here to tell jokes and go <laughs> home. Like, fuck. I don't give a shit about your fucking conquests, bro. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. shit. So I, I, yeah, and then he started bagging on the like waitress, and the waitress was doing time later, and I'm like, she's another comic that probably's just helping you out or whatever and now you're gonna dog on her because she's not cute and it's like what the fuck yeah, like, man the guy the guy's just a terrible individual and i honestly like i would do anything to take his fucking property oh, and totally. turn it into a comedy club because it could be a good spot i it, mean it could very well be a good spot it's in a good name it's a good good part of anaheim right you know disneyland's not that far away so you can attract nope. some of that crowd Especially if it was book shows and you could like, yeah, like promote it as that. Exactly. But it's just the way the guy runs it. It's it's such a shitty business model. And that's the thing too. Like after the mics, he turns it into like some like, you know, decrepit rave or something. Yeah. He starts turning on the fucking party lights and shit. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, no one's coming here to dance. Yeah. What girls are like, oh, let's go to this. Let's go to Felipe's and meet a nice guy. Oh, my God. He'll tell us some jokes and then we'll just suck his dick afterwards. No, like no one's going to say, I met a CEO at Felipe's. No one's going (laughs) to fucking say that because CEO, unless you're the fucking CEO of a liquor store, you're not going to fucking Felipe's. And I'm fucking ruthless with with that place, man, because fuck that place. I drove out from Huntington Park. To, to fucking right, Anaheim, right, and the right. only time I've ever done is go to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. You know, where I'm being over, I'm I'm being overcharged there. But damn it, at least I'm getting my money's worth. Right. I'm not gonna. So fuck this guy. You know. And, yeah. <sighs> and and to say like you can't burn bridges or you can't critique, it's like no, you can't. Like you're a comic, you're trying to do this. Like you're not trying to fuck around and waste your time. Yeah. So why not tell a guy? You could be better, bro. <laughs> like at least uh, as a promoter, yeah, like, I mean, or as a, a, an establishment, a venue. Yeah, like, but I mean, well, with a guy like him, he won't listen to you. Well, yeah, of so course not. so you have to just burn it and say, you know what, dude, I, I'm not going to do your shows anymore. I'm not going, you know, because he he and, and the people who he gets to put on shows are wasting their time there, right? You know, you guys can be putting on shows anywhere else and get a decent mm-hmm. turnout. Mm-hmm. Don't give this guy your fucking business. Yeah. Don't give this yeah. guy your. your Don't your, let him your, pay four dollars for soda. Exactly. Exactly. He's ripping off your guests. He's ripping off your comics. And that's a reflection on you. How do I know? It's because I'm a producer. I put together shows. And I've never put together a show at a shitty venue like that. He's the only... Yeah. And I remember he was charging, yeah, two drink minimum for the comics. Jesus Christ. I'd rather do... If I'm going to do an open mic, 
I want to. There's plenty of other open mics that are just free or you know lottery at least. Yeah. You know, it's not like some minimum. I'm. I don't know. Like, I'm a broke guy. I. I can't just no, be but, spending thirty bucks yeah, every comedy. Comics every, should never be charged a two drink minimum. I, I know certain clubs that do that, and I know a club that does that. <clears throat> and that'll work it very often. Um, but yeah, dude, it's you should never be. You, I, I mean, it's okay to not get paid, but. Right. Clubs should ex- shouldn't expect you to pay them mm-hmm, when you're already mm-hmm. performing. That whole pay to play thing is ridiculous. It's almost it's as bad as a bringer. You know, you shouldn't be exhausting your resources to perform. You know what I mean? Like you, if you can do it, you can do it. If you can't, then stay home. But it shouldn't be this outrageous reaction or this outrageous request either. Yeah, it's nuts. It's there's a lot of things that I've learned. Like you know, and you only learn through just doing it. And yeah. you know, you never run into these situations like all at the beginning it's not like you know somebody goes like hey le- here's what's gonna happen for the next eight months <laughs> oh it's never gonna happen do you ever think that there's anything like off limits in comedy like is there a topic that you won't like touch or like try to do uh it's i i would say yes and no um it's crowd it's crowd specific mm. Um, because I'm the firm believer in either everything's okay to make fun of or nothing is, but it all depends on the crowd. You know, I'm not going to go to, I'm trying to get a good example, but I'm not going to go to like a crowd of, uh, I'm not going to go to the Santa Fe Spring, Santa Fe Spring swap meet and talk about how much I don't like house parties, you know, (laughs) because people are going to be like, Hey, fuck you, dog. That's my ginseng. Yeah. That's my daughter's ginseng. Yeah. That fool. Right. So you're not going to, or I'm not going to do that voice at a fucking, at a place like that. Really? You know, so because, no, because people, first off, it'll go over their head. Like, somehow everything gravitates back to fucking Trump. I did Trump at a show in Pico Rivera. Mm. Nobody got it. Mm. Nobody fucking got it's it. It's just thought, called Pico, son. Oh, yeah, Pico. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm keeping mine for everybody else. Hey, dog, like, too many words, fool. <laughs> too many fucking words, dog. Um, but no, I, I did Trump, right? And nobody got it. Right. And I was talking to Anthony Mojica about this and, I, and he's like he's like, Oh, you know, they probably thought it was their probation officer. <laughs> I'm like, shit. And I should have said that on stage. That would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. But certain things you don't do certain places, but nothing is off limits to the point where you can't do it at all. Right. Like, um we we're talking about Eric Escobar earlier. I love this joke that he did. I know he mentioned it when he was on, where right after the Orlando shooting, he did that joke. Yeah. And I was there when the, he did that joke for the joke, first yeah. time. And he told me he's like he comes he comes to me before the show he's like hey man I'm gonna do an Orlando joke and I'm like he's like you think it's too soon I'm like fucking do it mm. <clears throat> do it man and it hit and it, it was beautiful yeah I laughed I laughed so hard not even one of those oh, I'm gonna laugh so people you know so to get other people to laugh right out. right right but it's one of those it was genuinely funny mm. because that's my kind of humor yeah and like to this day it's kind of fucked up but I was watching uh. Coming to America. Have you seen that movie with Eddie Murphy? Yeah, yeah. So I was watching Coming to America with my fiance and my friend, and you know, toward the end, they show scenes with the with the uh, World Trade Center, right? And I go, "Hey, what are those two twin tower looking thingies up yeah. there?" And they both look at me like, "You're an ass." <laughs> and I just, I'm like, "What? Too soon?" Yeah. So right. again, it would it may be offensive to some people mm-hmm. doing 9/11 jokes or doing Orlando jokes or Sandy Hook or whatever, but. Either everything's okay to make fun of or nothing is. Right. Because we have to make light of things. Now, well, whether or not you think like, it's... Well, well, I think it's like, yeah, the time. It's like if you do it a week, it's okay. But if you do it after, you know, hours after it, it's not okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're not going to go on Facebook after it fucking happened and mm-hmm. crack some it's shit. It's still breaking news. Exactly. And now you're like, hey, let's talk about it. 
you still want you want to give it some kind of a window, but if you're gonna go like the next like a week later and make a joke about it when you've already written it, then do it. Right. I think that's like with with Gilbert Godfrey, everybody was giving him shit after nine eleven. You yeah, know, he was and going then they cost him this... the Aflac gig or something yeah. like that. I'm like, come on. Oh no, that was after the the Japanese tsunami or oh, something. That's right. <laughs> he was like, some, and it wasn't even that. It was funny, but yeah. it wasn't like. Oh my gosh! Like what Gilbert Godfrey said that like it was just like yeah that's what Gilbert Godfrey says yeah and he, he's that kind of offensive person I remember a joke he <clears throat> he posted it on Twitter it was something like uh, a Chinese man goes to the doctor the doctor tells him you have a you have cataracts and he said no I have a rink in Continental. <laughs> and I, I laughed. I'm like, that's freaking funny. I mean, it yeah, is funny. It, could it be considered racist? Of, of course, course it is. But yeah. it's still freaking funny. Yeah. And it's Gilbert Gottfried. It's the type of humor that he has, you know? But he's making fun of how people talk, not the race or culture. It's not like he's saying these people are shit. No, but I think what the, the offense is that people – is the stereotype. Right. You know, to say that all Asians have a speech impediment or that all Asians can't. But to say that none do is to not yeah. be – realistic either yeah, like absolutely like when like i do a filipino accent of, you know as well and of course i do the whole f and the p and i mix right. it up because it's 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 true they all talk like this they all have the they all have the their their v's become b's and their p's become maps right. and that, 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 that's how they talk and it's hey hey what are you doing <laughs> yeah. so it's it's just that's just natural mm. but it's nothing out of the ordinary and i guarantee you most people that talk like that are probably going to laugh themselves than the people that aren't native Filipino or whatever. Probably. Like, I would, you know, because I always see that, that especially in comedy uh, shows, it's always funny as hell when you, like, in a comedy special, somebody will say a racial joke, and then they'll pan to the race in the audience and go, oh, are they laughing? Oh, see, the, man. He just made a black joke. Are the black people in the audience laughing? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> oh, I mean, and then it's like, uh, I, yeah, it's always funny to see like that, <laughs> especially. Yeah. And I always think that sometimes like it, I don't know, is it, is it? Can you make it like a joke just before one race or is, or are you trying to like obviously want to make it as general as possible? I'm diverse. Right? <laughs> I'm diverse, man. Like I do this joke about how people think I look Asian. Right. And I and I always started off with, oh, I bet you guys are wondering how this Filipino learns Spanish, right? And then I'd say, <laughs> I bet a few, a few you Filipinos in the crowd like, yes, how does he, how did he learn Spanish so quickly? He just probably came over. Um, but because people do think people say allocation, oh, sure, sure. But, you know, I, I incorporate that in my joke, but I try to be diverse. Um, I think it's also like, yeah, yeah, people they just want to be, I don't know, I don't know where it's going. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I see what you mean. Like, you're probably trying to say, like, people are trying to not offend everybody, so they try to be equal. And <clears throat> for me, it's not well, about I just that. also feel like sometimes, like, you know, certain races they'll have an entire act just about, you know, their own race. And yeah. it's like, I don't know if I could ever be a comic like that where I just talk about white stuff for an hour. <laughs> yeah, that would that would get real stale. I mean, just with anybody. Like, I don't I do not do that. You know, I don't like comics who do that. You know, professional comics like, you know, your George Lopez's and your mm-hmm. Carlos Mencia's and such who think it's okay to talk about, you know, corporal punishment for 45 minutes. 
That's like there's more to us than that. Yeah, and I've seen like certain even like we were talking about before with with fat people like you know, you know I love John Panette. Oh my god, I was, was just great. about to mention John Panette. I love him. I loved his act, but yeah, it was a whole act about being fat. <laughs> yeah, but he made it he made it work for him because he started talking about being fat as it relates to certain things. Sure, sure. Like I love sure. his buffet joke. Of course, the Chinese buffet. You go now. Yep. They kicked me out and I couldn't I wasn't even done yet. <laughs> I love that. Um Jim you Gaffigan. You scared my the, wife. You scared my wife, you going out free wee wee. <laughs> yeah. Like what? Free wee wee I love Jim Water Park stuff. bit his whole Oh man, that was hilarious where he was going down a water slide. <laughs> I think I remember that. Yeah. But Jim Gaffigan is really good too. Totally. I love his fact yeah, we're talking about food and how mm-hmm, like I was watching mm-hmm. his special Obsessed last night. Yeah. How like yum yum donuts? Like, what do you have to have the IQ of one to have yes. that appeal to you? Like, I think that was brilliant. So it can work to an extent, but I would love to find yeah, like a niche, like something I can just gravitate toward, and it's just I find every little bit out of it, or well, just you know squeeze like just that's an act out thing. of one one sort of overall topic or whatever. That's the beautiful thing about comedy is that it's all about self discovery. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize I should capitalize on my impressions until. Almost two years in, you like know? Chris Hardwick, like he's known as like a, a big nerd and yeah. you know doing a lot of TV stuff. But I don't see his comedy as like nerd centric. Like no, neither he talks I, a lot really. about his like f- at least in his last special is a lot about his dad and his family life yeah. and stuff. Like because it's hard <clears throat> to incorporate nerd stuff into comedy, right? You know, like what are you going to do? Talk about you know the Green Lantern Corps for five minutes? Like what's that going to do? Nothing. You know, and like right. the closest I've ever gotten is again a joke I still do, where you know I go out in public like this, and people or I go to work like this on casual days, and coworkers will be like, "Hey, that's a great shirt. My kids would love that." Mm. Like, what do you want me to say? Me and your kids should hang out sometime? Like, <laughs> like yeah, I'll take them to Subway and have Jared with a five dollar foot long waiting for right, them. Right, right. So I, that's the closest I've ever gotten because you can't. I, it's hard to go up and you know do a joke as much as I would love to do a gig like at a comic book shop. You know, like I know right. Nerd Melt does that, and I would yeah, they have an open mic, yeah. I would love to go out there and check it out because that'd be so cool but how do you do a set like that right you know i know that there's i've had i've looked at certain book shows and i've seen there is certain like gimmicks where it's like it's nerd night or it's like history night or there's like almost like a theme to like yeah every comedian's gonna be talking about some topic or whatever like i saw one that's called a cosplay comedy right and i'm like that'd be cool Right. Then I, that then I can make Macho Man work. So I can just cosplay as Macho Man and do Macho Man for ten yeah, minutes. That would be sweet. You could do all of them. I mean, all of Ric Flair, Vince. I mean, also those were all great. And it's, I think it, I kind of do a Jesse Ventura. All right. All right. Let me hear it. It. Um. <clears throat> uh, okay. Let me tell you about this gorilla. Um. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what to say now. If I, because I, 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 I did a Ventura very young, and I, it was like, it was like, but mine wasn't him and Gorilla, it was him and Vince, and he'd be like, right. let me tell you, McMahon, yeah. you look at Ricky Steamboat in the ring, in the ring over there, and I see a guy who's not going to go anywhere, because yeah. he doesn't do whatever it takes, McMahon. <laughs> and then you got McMahon going, what a maneuver! Look at the dragon steamboat and Sean Wiggles. The heartbreak kid, Sean Wiggles. And how you go from that to shut up. Shut up, damn it. 
And same thing with Ric Flair. <laughs> How does he get there? <laughs> okay, it just, he's, gone, he's gotten old. A lot of cigarettes. He's gotten old. A lot of cigarettes, a lot of yelling at people. Same thing with Ric Flair. Yeah. Ric Flair, you know, the Ric Flair I did early was like the 80s, you know? Mm-hmm. Very, very flamboyant, very eccentric. Woo! 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 Your wife, she wants me, brother. Woo! <laughs> you look at Rick now, and he's just like, hey, brother, I remember back in the day, I was down the road, and we were we were drunk. I was with my like my fifth ex wife, brother, and I just I was gone, man. I was gone, brother. And you're like, what the hell are you talking about, man? Yeah, he was on that Legend show that was like definitely like whoa. Legends House. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that show was ridiculous. Mm. Like Piper was like the most ridiculous one out of there. He was like, yep. I'm willing to do anything. <laughs> and then he just said, Hogan, where's Hogan? Like Hulk Hogan's not even here, dude. Like, what are you You're doing? You're in a wrong scene here. <laughs> He's like barging into scenes and me and Gene, every frame was going, holy balls. <laughs> uh, but like these legends, man, they're, they're getting, they're getting old and senile. It's yeah, getting hilarious. Yeah. With Rick, it's like he's getting pulled over for a D. Like, there's a little medication probably involved. Oh, probably. <laughs> like, I was watching this uh, video he made with uh, this rapper named Waka Flocka. I'm yes, yes, I'm familiar with the rap game. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay, so he does he does a, he does a rap video with Waka Flocka where they're like they're running together for president, right? Right. And Rick Flair's like he can't even say Waka Flocka. He goes <laughs> Waka Flocka, my brother. <laughs> Woo! We're gonna. It's actually pronounced wha- Waka Flocka. Yeah, he's like Waka Flocka Rick Flair. We're gonna make America woo again. Woo! And I'm like, this is the most embarrassing thing ever. He just does he puts the woos in just wherever. Yeah, like he's just he's gone, man. It's, but it's the funniest thing you've ever seen. Like, oh, but it, it's that is hilarious. But yeah, it's, you got different versions of Flair, just like you have different versions of Vince. Mm. Um, Every guy has different versions throughout their life. Like, I've seen, like, early Chris Walken. Like, he's not even really Chris Walken, like, in his earlier movies. Like, Deer Hunter and stuff like yeah, that? Like yeah, like, he's just really, like, just a normal guy, you know, he's playing getting... a character. And then, like, later in his other, you know, once he gets into Wedding Crashers, then it's in, then it's Chris Walken, you know? I would say then it's, uh, then you got Pulp Fiction. Right. Then, right. he's dead, because he said, I'm not going to let some mook get his hands on my son's birthright. So what I what he did is he hit the watch up his ass. <laughs> so now I'm bringing it to you. So Pulp Fiction, that was 94. Yeah, 94. And then we get to 98. And then it was with, like uh, True Romance, maybe a little bit for bat, right? I haven't seen that. Oh, that's a good uh, Chris Walken is movie. It? It's uh, Tarantino's first movie. He wrote it, but he okay. actually had a, it's a Tony Scott that made it. Okay. And then um, it's with, yeah, Christian Slater, uh, uh you know, Patricia Arquette has that really cool famous scene of uh, her and uh, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy from Sopranos. Uh, James Gandolfini. Yeah, James yeah. Gandolfini. They have like a big uh, fight in like this uh, apartment. Hmm. It's like it's a pretty cool movie. It's definitely worth checking out. I, I might I might check it out because I'm a big I'm a big walking fan. There's a scene, yeah, with Walken and uh, Dennis Hopper that's really, really cool. Even though everybody has a Walken impression nowadays. Yes. Which sucks because, you know, going back to the whole, you know, people think I look Asian. There's a video on YouTube called Asians doing Christopher Walken impressions. So my fiance goes, see, that's why you do it so well. And I'm like, shut up. 
And they probably do it really well. They oh, go they like, do. They they yeah. they really. I don't know what it is, but they get it down. And they talk like this. I love uh, one of his cool movies is uh, Suicide Kings. You ever see that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that movie is really cool. Um, um, James James uh, or uh, Jay Moore's in it. Uh, what's his name? Galecki, the guy that's in. Uh, Big Bang. Oh, Johnny, Johnny Galecki. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of other people are in it. It's a really cool movie. <laughs> what I'm saying is you have a lot of movies to watch. <laughs> I do. I mean, I've only seen Christopher Walken in the movies that like he can't be taken seriously in, like right. Balls of Fury. Right. Right. Like where he's like, where I'm clearly we're like, we need somebody big. Chris Walken, can you yeah. do a day? <laughs> can can you do a can you do a fake Asian guy? Right. Oh, I'm play ping pong, ping pong. It's not pronounced ping pong. <laughs> it's gonna it's pronounced ping pong. It's Asian. It's Chinese. Get it right. <laughs> you know, the closest thing was um, Brad Friver. I did my for every before I did my first ever show. Um, I went to a comedy show at the Bray Improv, and I saw a comic by the name of Gene Pompa perform. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a t- I got a chance to talk to him after the show, and I asked him, I'm like, hey, Gene, um, I'm doing my first comedy show in about you know, a few weeks or so, and I'm looking into doing comedy like long term. What advice do you have for me? Right. And he said, and I, can, I never forget this, he said, be prepared to deal with some of the biggest assholes you've ever met. <clears throat> and I'm like, okay, well... That's cool, but he's absolutely right. That's the closest thing you're ever going to get to. This is what it's going to look like for you. Yeah. Is you're going to deal with these different personalities. You're going to deal with all these different types of people, people who are sincere with you, people who keep it real, who will try to be your friend, who will genuinely like you because they're genuine themselves. Then you got the people who are kissing your ass because they think you're going to get them somewhere. Right. And then you got the people who think they're better than you. Right. And the people who think they're better than you usually are doing just as well, if not worse than you. <laughs> you know, I did a... I did a radio show about a month ago, and the comic there was it was me and two other comics, and uh, the the guy one of the comics on there he's a producer, and I and I was trying to get on his shows previously, and I had done a show with him at a bar in Pico Rivera, and I bombed, and he couldn't even have the nerve to tell me that I bombed. <laughs> he was like, oh, well, you, you can work. You can use some work. And da, da, da. like, you know, sugarcoating it while at the same time saying, I don't sugarcoat it for you, man. Bullshit. Right. Right. So I'm like, fuck. So when I found out I was going to be on this radio show with him, I'm like, fuck, I gotta, I'm stuck with this guy. Okay. Um, so we go on. And the whole radio show, he's trying to, you know, get some jokes in on me, right? He's making fun of me, all kind of right, shit. Like, right. oh, you're 26 and you're engaged. Oh, you're throwing your life away, man. Mm. And I'm like, how old are you, man? Oh, I'm 43. Oh, cool. You married? No, I got my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, you live with her? No, she's in Arizona, bro. <laughs> the fucking joke writes itself. I'm not even going to do anything. <laughs> That's not even the best part. The best part was when um, later on the show. I met her at church, bro. I met her at church. I met her AA, bro. For real, dog. Like, yeah. No, but um, the best part was later on the show, um, because there was also this uh, this uh, hip-hop artist on the show that she was promoting her stuff. And 
the lady running the show was like, hey, why don't you, you know, spit some bars for us? And right. she dropped some bars, and then this other comic who can rap dropped some bars. And then I jokingly went, well, you know, I used to, you know, write rhymes back in the days, but I think I'm like John Cena compared to you guys. <laughs> and this guy who was making fun of me, he's like, no, nah, man, you should do it, because then it's like, we got these two who are like, America's Got Talent, and you'll be like karaoke. Uh. Like, shitting on me, right? So I dropped some shit on him. They're like, all right, man, drop something on my... So I said something like... The music got the hairy frog. You're making all these jokes at my expense, but the fact of the matter is your jokes don't make sense. Your style is bad. Your comedy is poor. You rap and you joke like a $2 whore. You need to get your stuff together because I'm the best in the game. V-I-C-B-I-A-Z. You'll never forget the name. Oh, yeah. And everyone's like, oh, shit. He stayed fucking quiet. Quiet as hell. And then after the show, he's like, hey, man, I'm putting together this show. You want to come on? Right, like, right. All right, cool. And, you know, it's at that same bar right It's almost man. like you had to, like, he tested you or something. Yeah, he was trying to shit test me. And he told me, oh, you want to come on the show? Okay, fine, I'll come on. I go on. He was late to his own show. And <laughs> I, go, I go first. I do like seven. Right. And I come off, and I'm hanging around for a little bit. He shows up, and he goes, hey, man, you have a good time? Yeah, man, I had a blast. And when he goes up, I left. Because that's what you have to do. You have yeah, to shit test him yeah, right back. You yeah. have to be like, Check him. You got to check him. Yeah, like, em. dude, no. Like, I... I don't need anything from you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought I did because you just got connections to some pretty good critical yeah, clubs. Yeah. I'm like, I thought I needed something from me, but I don't. Mm-hmm. So peace, man. But yeah, you deal with some shitty individuals, but you deal with some very honest individuals too. Sure. You know, if you're sure. lucky, you end up working with them long term. You know, kind of like the guys in my podcast where, you know, Nick is always a great guy. Anthony's a great guy. Yeah. They're and, all great. Yeah. And just, you know, anytime you watch us in action, it's like. It, it it doesn't even feel like we're recording a podcast. We're just kind of shooting the breeze, and mm-hmm. you know, most of the time we're in Anthony's living room, and we got the football game in the background, and right. you know, like we got a, we got a beer in our hand. We're just chilling. Yeah, we're talking about comedy and stuff. And before we know it, an hour and a half has gone by, and we're like, oh well, okay, well I guess we're gonna we should probably <laughs> stop it here before people get bored, right? Uh, but yeah, dude, that's what you're gonna learn in comedy is you meet all kinds of different people. Well, I definitely like gravitate. It's just like high school, you know. You don't absolutely you, you yep, run nice. into like people that are automatically like right off the bat. You're like, that's a cool guy. Yeah. And then there's other guys where you're like, you know, it takes eight or nine times meeting them before you finally go like, all right, he's all right, or this guy's not the dick that I first thought he was. Or yeah, <laughs> you have those two. And just like in high school, you got clicks. Yeah, totally. Only thing is, when you're a teenager and you have a click, fine. You think you're important. You think you you think you matter. Mm. That's fine. But when you're an adult. And you're mm. having these clicks of people, it's not a good look. Right. You know, it's like you're a grown ass adult. Like, right. be fucking cool to everybody. Like, well, I've known certain things too, like, <clears> especially <throat> at certain open mics, not every open mic, but when it is real clicky at an open mic, it almost seems like, oh, you guys are just hanging out. Like, you're not really, you're not wanting to go on stage or you're not really like working out material. It's like, oh, you just want to hang out with the other eight comics that you know. Yeah, you get that a lot. Um, my first ever open which is mic. cool. Like it's all fine, but it's like I've I've run into yeah. Everybody's on the patio, just chilling. Nobody's yeah. in the stage. Nobody's and on that, the, and in that's the audience. Kinda, that's kind of what I was telling you before all this is that that's why eventually you got to make it a mission to step out of the open mics. Definitely, because, that's because, my mission for 2017, or yeah, or my uh, I guess uh, New Year's resolution. resolution. Yeah, the shit that everybody breaks to be um, on more. Uh, 
to be on more book shows. Well, I always feel like resolutions can be kept if you always try to do more of something, not less of yeah, something. <laughs> like exactly. Like my my resolutions for 2016 were do more than 10 minutes. Right. Which I started off really well. I started off doing like 12, 15 minutes at places. And then toward the end of the year, people were giving me like five, seven. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. But then I had another goal of lead doing shows out of LA, mm. uh, which unfortunately I haven't really done. Um, but I would love to go back to San Diego. My goal is to do Vegas. Yeah. But the thing with Vegas is that, speaking of clicks, man, it's like everybody's got their little, whole, their little circle there. I actually went to Vegas in August. With my fiance and my best friend, and we sit at the Stratosphere, and the Stratosphere has a comedy club, right, in the tower, and we're walking past wow, that's it. That's kind of cool, like up in the top. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not like the observation deck, but like oh, the okay. tower's got like this little shopping center, right, right. shopping area before you get up to the top, right. And the guy, the the owner of the club, is outside handing out free tickets, mm-hmm. and I asked the guy, I'm like, "Hey, man, do you guys have anything? Like, I'm a comic out of L.A. Is there anything I can get on tonight?" And and the guy's like, oh, well, I mean, not really. I really only book like... What night is this? Like a this weekend? Was, no, it was a Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday. it was a Saturday night. But it's not like Brad Garrett's or it wasn't the Laugh Factory. Right, it wasn't right. some big club. It was a, right. It's like a little club. Because first of all, the Stratosphere is like the second shittiest hotel you can stay on the strip. And right behind Circus Circus. Was there any like headliners or were there any all, like... It was all guys out of Vegas. Okay. Just, it was all guys yeah, out of Vegas who guys. may headline like... Out elsewhere, like they headline in Arizona and right. in the Midwest, but they don't headline in LA. Right, <clears throat> they don't headline where it's all going down. You know, so like I told you previously, it was big fish in a little pond. Right, and the guy's like, "Well, no, we don't have anybody. We got these guys from Vegas in." And I'm and he and he asked me, he "Goes, well, what are your credits?" I'm like, "Well, you know, I come out of LA and I've done like the Bray Improv and I do the Ice House and I do Flappers and I do all these other comedy clubs. I'm over for Joey Medina." Um, Did he even know those clubs? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. He's probably never set foot in LA, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, he didn't get me on. He's like, "Well, you know, you might want to join this Facebook group called." And I cut him. I cut him off like a Las Vegas comedians. Mm. He goes, "Yeah, that." I'm like, "I'm already there. I'm yeah. aware of the open mic list. Right. I'm not here for open mics. I'm here to." get booked somewhere i'm here i'm asking you if there's a guest spot you can get me on in your club tonight it's not like i'm wanting 15 or whatever yeah give me five yeah give me five in vegas open or something seriously let me open give me five and i'll be off and i'll be gambling and drinking before your headliner goes up yeah like come on but you know it's it's a different vibe but mm. I would love to reach out to somebody in Vegas and say, I don't know what the likelihood is now that I've pretty much shat on the Las Vegas comedy community. Which, but what would it have taken? Like, you know, pulling out a YouTube video and go, watch me, man. I don't think so. I don't think, <laughs> it, I don't think there was no con- any convincing him. Because yeah. he's already got his lineup. And unless, like, you're a big shot out of L.A., right, right. unless you're, like, Darren Carter or some kind of big-time headliner. You know, uh- store regular or yeah, something. Yeah, like a store regular or something or a paid headliner somewhere. He's not going to budge. Yeah, you know, but I'm I'm some local Joe Schmo, mm-hmm. you know, who's gotten yeah. spots at these comedy clubs in their annexes. You know, he's probably like, whatever, fuck this guy. But people also, I I mean, I can understand. You know, you a lot of people like to pad their stuff. You know, yeah, people they like, like to like yeah. say they're better than they are. Yeah, they like to embellish. Um, you know, the, I'm the, always the exact opposite. Like, <clears throat> if somebody, that's the thing when we're when we're talking about like not naming names and stuff like that. You know, when you're talking shit about comics or whatever, if anybody said like, 
D. Williams or Daryl Williams, that guy's unfunny as hell. I'd be like, they know me? Like, they actually, like... Well, like, they're taking the time to get to know me. <laughs> they know my name? It's like uh, I'm, like, like <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean where it's like, we've heard bad things about you, but you have heard of me. Yeah, totally. That kind, that kind of a thing. Yeah? And I'm <laughs> that way where it's always like, oh, okay, well, if... I'm at that stage where if anybody is going to talk shit, they're going to be like, I don't even know his name, but that some open mic guy said this wasn't funny. <laughs> yeah, I guess what maybe he's saying, oh, Big Dance isn't funny. Oh, but you've heard of me. Yeah. You're, you're wasting your breath on me. You're yeah. wasting oxygen on me. So obviously I mean something to you. <laughs> exactly. That's always the one thing, and I've heard it on uh, Corolla, where he talks about like the one nerd movie trope where like you know the jocks are always beating up the nerds, and it's like, you know, in reality, like, the biggest insult is them going like, we don't even know they exist. Like we're not beating them up. Like we don't even know about them. Like we don't, we're not hanging out with the nerds trying to beat them up. We're yeah. just, we're just, you know, shunning them. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bigger insult. Like, I, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's just, uh, it's, I guess it's a different environment now, you know? Mm. I always, I don't know. Like it is different how like, it's almost like, you know, when you when you first start at the open mic scene, like it's at a, you're you're like coming into a party and everybody at the party knows each other, but you're the new guy at the party. So now you have to like now mingle yeah. and hang and get to know everybody, but also be funny too, right out of the yeah. gate. <laughs> and that's that's the hardest part is trying to mingle with everybody and try to be social with everyone. Mm-hmm. Because again, like you know, like me, I have anxiety. It's 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 difficult for me to just reach out to someone and say, "Hey, hi, I'm Vic. How are you?" Right. Like and you always want to be on. You don't want to be like, hey, "I got anxiety." Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> so you try to be social. You try to be extroverted. But in reality, I just want to sit in the corner and you know, right, right, be on my phone while you're up telling jokes, which of course isn't a nat- isn't a good thing, but it's a natural reaction. And then, uh, like, you're trying, like, at least by myself, like, I'm still in this mode where, like, I'm trying to impress them. I'm trying to, like, I'm, it's a lot of the, especially certain mics where it's, like, now I'm, like, I'm not worried about, like, oh, if the two drunk people are laughing. I'm worried about more if the five comics are laughing in the back, you know? Yeah. It's, like, I'm 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 playing to them instead of playing to, like, the, the people that are there for the comedy. And it's, like, I need to get out of that and just... Play to the two people. Like, yeah. stop playing a comic. Absolutely, like, I would agree. 100%. They're not going to laugh even if it was funny. <laughs> exactly. The comics aren't going to give a shit whether or not you're funny. As a matter of fact, if you're funny, they're going to feel threatened. They're not going to talk to you. <laughs> so you definitely want to cater to the guys who are there for a comedy show. You know, the guys who who are going to laugh at you if they find something funny. Yeah, that's yeah. who you want to cater to. Trust me, and I had that as well. I've been at a newspaper. I, I was interviewed for a local paper, and I and I said on the on the article. I said, I care more about the comics validating me than the crowd, which was like when I f- f- was first starting out, and I'm like, that's right. bullshit now. Right. Like, I couldn't care less. If a comic comes up to me after the show and says, man, you're doing great things, man. You're going to be on this. You're going to be... that. That's great, dude. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you don't mean it. Mm-hmm. I know you, you think I'm going to try... I'm going to bring you on for something, but not with that attitude. Especially if... You know, I reach out to you and I say, hey, can you get me on? And you ignore me? No, right. And then you come try to be nice to me next time we have a show? Right. No, then no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to listen to you. It's nuts. It's, it'll, it'll drive you crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. So I've, I'm learning this. Don't concern yourself with the people. Definitely. Just concern yourself with writing. Concern yourself with being better. Mm. Um, you know, write, do whatever you have to do. But my... My one advice to you, if you'll allow me to give you some pointer or some advice, I shouldn't say pointers because I mean I'm I'm only doing this two years. 
you got to get yourself booked, man. Totally. Record yourself, videotape yourself, and just send that out to bookers. Yeah, I've noticed that, like, you know, if you send a clip of a podcast, nobody cares about that. But if you send that same clip on a YouTube clip, suddenly that will get you a little further. As long as it's entertaining, as long as it's funny, sure. Of course, yeah. But I would say record yourself doing stand-up. Go to an open mic, Mm. you know, get yourself a little tripod, you know, poke your phone up to yeah, and just record yourself doing seven minutes, five to seven minutes, whatever it is, and send it out. You know, get to meet other comics. You know, totally <clears throat> who are booking the ice house, and um, you know, just uh, and get your name out that way. You know, I would say you know if you want, and after we're done here, I can tell you some people to connect with. You oh, know? Okay, yeah, no, don't say their names. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, no, no, really, because it wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't be fair to mention right. the ones who suck, and then at the same time mention the ones who are, who who can get you places. Right, and you know, because then you're showing favoritism. So you got to be got to be fair across the board. <laughs> but yeah, after we're done here, definitely for sure. And, but um, that that's the thing, man. You just gotta you gotta get yourself out there. But like I told you previously, just it doesn't it doesn't have to be a comedy club, mm-hmm. you know. Get yourself booked at a bar. Get yourself booked at, you know, some ran. I've done Masonic Lodges. I've done Moose Lodges. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I've done some weird clubs. It's not a comedy scene, mm. but if people are paying to see you or if people are going to sit down and they have to listen to you tell jokes yeah. and you were booked to be there, you didn't just show up and wait for a spot, Yeah, that's that's a really good feeling. Yeah, it is. It is nice. Just to- the fact that you're being booked and then you see your name on a flyer. Yeah. Like, I still get excited at seeing my oh, name I'm, on a flyer. I'm, I'm totally down the same way, yeah. I mean, it's just those little benchmarks where you're like, see? See? I'm doing it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You, you, and, that's, and it gives you something to, 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 to promote where even if it's not a bringer, you, you still want to get people on and say, hey, look what I'm doing. Yep. And it, it, that's something you can't get from an open mic. No. Like the impression I've been wanting to perfect, and it's not even like a funny one, um, is Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Because, and I met the guy too. Really? Is he a lot like, you well, know, well, I picture him like this huge white guy, you know? He's not a huge, no, he's actually like this skinny, like tall ish white guy. There's the picture. I didn't picture I, that. I, I worked outside of the, I worked outside of this building that shared space with the LA Department of Transportation while right. people gone, got their parking tickets paid. Mm. And I was hanging outside on lunch break. And I see Connor walking by, and I do a double take. And dude, I'm a lifelong Batman fan. Yeah, so and he's me, the like Batman of cartoons. Yes, man. So this is to me, this is like meeting, you know, like like the Pope or something. I don't know. I'm the same way. Like if it was like Billy West or something, I'd be like, Oh man, uh, Billy West is great. Yeah, you'd be like, Oh shit. Here's Bugs Bunny, the Red M and M, Fry, you know, every Zoidberg, <laughs> yeah. every the Professor. No, but I see Conroy, and like normally I'm pretty cool with meeting celebrities. I can be very civil. Like um, when I met, I met Fluffy. Right. And Fluffy, I was really starstruck with, but I ended up making it up. But with Conroy, I lost it. I go, I go, excuse me, sir, are you Kevin Conroy? Like, how the mm. fuck do you start out? Right. And he goes, well, yes, yes, I am. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, you're doing shit. it. And I'm like, I don't know what to do because I'm in my work clothes. I'm not wearing any of this shit. So there's no way you can tell I'm a Batman fan. <laughs> so I'm, I have, I'm wearing my ring, right? I have this Batman ring mm. that I wear every single day, and I show it to him in like in a fist motion, and he thinks I'm trying to fist bump him. Nice. And he fist bumps me, and I'm like, <laughs> I wanted a handshake, like, so I go in for the handshake, and it's fucking awkward. And I'm like, I'm sorry to take take your time, but can I? please take a picture with you mm. and he's like yeah absolutely 
absolutely. Come on. Yeah. And we take a picture. Does he just normally talks like that? He does. He does. He, he just has that normal voice. I mean, it's not necessarily bad, man. I mean, he, right. there is some somewhat of an extent to it, but he does talk kind of deep. And then when he gets behind the microphone, then it's, I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Yeah. So yeah, and, yeah, and he yeah, does yeah. that. But yeah, he was really cool about it, you know, and, but he's, he's obviously pissed off because he's, he's not there under good circumstances. He has to go pay a parking ticket. Mm. And and I'm like and I'm I'm a total fucking stalker. I'm like, yeah, I know you're busy. I'm sorry. I know you have Long Beach Comic Con coming up. He goes, oh, you know that really? Like who who doesn't know that? You right, know? right. And he's trying to be like, no shit, Sherlock, without being but trying to be nice at the same yeah, time. I don't yeah. blame him. But to me, like I rode that high for like a week straight. I would, yeah. I met Matt Groening once, and right, I was that's the cool. same way. I was just like. Eh, Great. That is really cool. And he was super cool, too. Just like a normal guy that's like, of course, he knows who he is. Like, I don't know. I'm not trying to say Kevin Conroy is, like, getting mobbed on the street, but I'm sure he can walk around. Yeah, he can and walk around, and people probably, like, one in, like, maybe ten will recognize him. Right. The That one guy, like me. And I but, would assume maybe Matt Groening is, I don't know, a little bit more a known, bit. but who knows? I'm sure yeah. you can walk around a lot of places, too. It's funny you mention that. Have you seen that documentary on Netflix called I Know That Voice? Yes. So they talk about With how... John they, DiMaggio. Yeah, how they, they talk about how they can go out in public and people don't necessarily recognize them. Yeah. Like, for example, like the part where they have Tom Hanks' brother... Who's mm-hmm. a voice actor who goes, I've been around with Tom, and it sucks being around Tom because you can't get anything done. Yeah, everybody like, just knows him. Exactly, but when I'm around by myself, nobody ever says anything. Yep. And he looks so much like him, too, which is the funny part. But I think now that the internet is around, and yeah, it, it, nerds are more prevalent. Like, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, if if I saw Dan Castellaneta or, or, yeah, any of these voice actors, I would know who they were. I take it you're a big Simpsons guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just a big voiceover guy, too. Yeah, I know who John DiMaggio looks like. I know a lot of what these guys look like. But I don't want to get into voice acting, man. It's 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 a tough business to break of into. Of course. Especially now that, like, it's not just voice actors. It's celebrities that do most yeah, of the voice man. acting. It's, you know, like, you're going to get Matthew McConaughey to do your Cadillac commercial, even though you could have any voice actor right. do just as much of a... You know, cool voice. <laughs> it just feels all right when I do it. <laughs> all right. You could all probably right. get a Matthew McConaughey impersonator to do just as good of one Jeez, for man. the fifth the price. You know, <laughs> but he can't be Matthew McConaughey. Exactly. Uh, crap. And that, that brought up a very good point that I was going to mention that I totally forgot. Oh, um, like one of my favorite movies is The Lion King, of course. And you know, Jeremy Irons, who of course voices Scar. Yeah. Who at the time was, you know, wasn't a huge actor. He had some acting. He he was known, but he, he wasn't was a good big. character actor. Yeah. Imagine doing that and then going into Batman v Superman. Right. And you're hearing Scar tell Batman what to do. And you're like, what the fuck? Mm, mm, you know, he mm. goes, that's how it starts. And I'm like, fuck. Right? That's my childhood, man. <laughs> Just think if it was Nathan Lane instead. Oh, God. <laughs> I see. I can't even do a Nathan Lane. It's just so. <laughs> it's just so out there. Oh, Armand Pumba. I don't know what we're doing here. Akoda Matata. I don't know. That wasn't know. A... Something, something like that. Uh, but then, of course, you have More James Earl Jones, who's like, oh, that. Love, but I love the birdcage. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing. Everyone tries to do a Robin Williams. You know. Sure. Everyone tries to be like, oh my gosh, what a wonderful place. I go over here and I go over right. here and oh my god, and I say hallelujah. Yeah. Yep. It's like, come on, only. 
Only Always Robin the intense Robin. It's never yeah, the... it's, ne- it's never just calm down, chill Robin. It's never it's never Goodwill Hunting. Right. It's always the birdcage. <laughs> you know, it's never one hour photo. It's no. always Aladdin. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's because yeah, every impression kind of always lends it to being over the top already. So it's got to be like, oh, if this, if he's a, if if the impression you're trying to do is already at an eight, it's easy to go to a ten. But if you know the impression's a two, and you don't want it to be a ten, <laughs> exactly. So people people seem to people always try to exaggerate it as much as possible. Of course, but you got to be able to do that person in any other environment. You only mention it, and I know that voice. Like, can you do Macho Man Randy Savage reading mm. the grocery list, mm. or or can you only do cream of the crop? I've heard a few people that uh, uh, Jonathan Kite. Uh, couple other guys that can do like a, a they do a what's his face um big lebowski a jeff bridges oh jeff bridges yeah what's and it's like here man? man hey and just the way they do it is just so hilarious because they get they just grab it's almost like every impression has that that micro like sound like you know Sylvester Stone is just, you know, look at me. That's another thing. And when you think Stallone, you think Rocky. Yeah. You're thinking, hey, me, you home team. That's what we are, we're home team. But if you watch like The Expendables or if you watch like Demolition Man, he's a lot more coherent. You know, he's talking a lot more like this. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go down with a truck and find Yes! Oh my God! Like, what, 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 what are you? What, what, what are you doing, John Spider? Are you all the hunk of chunker? You're all getting on? <laughs> oh, you mean the transfer of fluids? <laughs> yeah. We don't even allow mouth, mouth transfer anymore. You don't even kiss anymore. And what, what are the three seashells? He doesn't know what the three seashells are. Rob Schneider in the background yeah. making fun of him and shit. <laughs> oh God. Yes, uh, very few people can quote Demolition Man. But that's that's one of my favorite Stallone movies because it's so it's on bad all the time. Yeah, it's it's, it's on all the time on network TV. Like I'm a big fan of like terrible movies. Mm, like mm. I was watching Jingle All the Way last night. <laughs> yeah, another really bad movie because yep. it's it's Arnold yeah. and he's in the like and I get the ten dollars. It's, <laughs> it's, it's terrible time. Yeah. You're like fuck, dude, you do not belong in this yep. movie. And then Simba's like, I'm gonna get that terrible man. Hey, I, 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 I'm gonna get that Turbo Man. Look, uh, so long, <laughs> Turtle Man. Yeah, yeah, no, it's Turbo Man. Whatever, <laughs> whatever it's called. This is this is called a homemade explosive device. <laughs> Mel, really a bomb? Some sick people in this world. Sick people. Yeah, I definitely want to uh, plug your show, Two Drink Minimum. Your podcast is definitely awesome. Uh, I've listened to all the episodes. Uh, you guys definitely have a good rapport. I like uh, that it's. it's comic driven but not necessarily like you don't have to just be a stand up to love it yeah you know you can just be a person that likes it you yeah, know or just you... wants to listen to three funny guys talk about comedy <laughs> exactly and it, the beautiful thing is it's, it comes from different perspectives because you have myself who's been doing it for almost two years then you got Nick Phillips who's been doing it for about four and he's really he, funny he, too he's really funny and he works a hell of a lot more than I hell do yeah. he works every single day he's got his not only is he doing stand up but he's doing his web series he's got his voiceover videos so he's, he's busting his ass yeah. And, the, yeah and then you have Anthony Mojica who's you know still relatively new to the game but he's asking all the questions and he's the one really trying to engage that conversation Yep. So you have it from all that, all those perspectives. So that's what really makes it important. And the one thing that I've gotten more than anything, people say, I love the name. Mm-hmm. And it's because 
honestly, I, I did it as a middle finger to, mm. you know, these comedy clubs and these people who try to get money out of you by you doing what? A two drink minimum. It's like that's that's why people don't go to comedy shows. Yep. Because economically, they can't afford it. You know, they can't afford to pay the, do- the door and it's your drink minimum. Because even if yeah. you comp them, you say, oh, it's okay. Come on through. I'll, I'll get you. They still got to pay 30 bucks on drinks or whatever the hell it is. Easily. So that's why I said, I'm going to call it two drink minimum because that's what we're about. We're about pushing the envelope. We're about, you know, making you think a little bit, mm-hmm. both comics and spectators alike. Yeah. So... You know, I appreciate you name dropping it. It's, yeah, it's two drink minimum. It's definitely a cool podcast. Definitely check it out on on iTunes, and I'm sure. Yeah, it's, it's on iTunes and on Stitcher, and then you can also uh, get the link on my website, VicDSComedy.com. So if you go there, you can check out my YouTube videos. You can check out my upcoming dates, and then there's a section for the two drink minimum podcast that'll take you straight to iTunes, and you just download it from there. Um, for my Android users out there, there is an app called Podcast Addict where it drives from the iTunes library, so you can still listen to it even if you don't have an iOS device. Oh, wow. I, I got to get into that. <laughs> yeah, man, I saw your Galaxy, but yeah, it's called uh, Podcast Addict, and it pulls from the iTunes library. That's it's, cool. It's, it's very cool. It updates real time. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I would love to talk to you guys, uh, to Vic more. But, uh, yeah, we got to wrap this up. We've almost done two and a half hours. So. Jeez, man, I could talk all day. Yeah, but, I mean, it was really cool getting to know you. And definitely uh, we'll have to have you back. Maybe get Nick in and Anthony. Maybe. Yeah. Knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do a crossover. Maybe we'll, we'll yeah. bring you on over and it'll be a four-man booth. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll definitely be the, uh, the, the odd man out. But clearly being like, yes, they think I'm cool, guys. <laughs> Eh, I'm no one big. I'm just a I'm just a guy with a microphone that forces people to listen. That's it, right? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way. I'm hoping somebody listens. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you again, guys. Definitely tune in uh, every week, also uh, for other things that I'm doing throughout this uh, thing called a podcast. And um, if you want to check me out, I'm always at the D Stories on Twitter, and also go to this comics life pod at gmail.com or just go to this comics life on facebook or instagram to follow any of those things and also every episode is coming out every monday new episodes every monday yes and uh also uh next week or i should say after this episode i'm gonna be having in philippe ramirez jr so uh, another great comic he's gonna be coming in and it's gonna be awesome all right guys Thank you once again, Vic Diaz. You are a mensch, and always welcome back. Well, thank you, man. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. And for everybody else, happy holidays, happy whatever you celebrate, and definitely check me out next week. All right. Peace out.